Blog Talk Radio. Well, we thought that things would work out in the end, but friends are not friends and enemies are so close to me. I don't know who you supposed to be, so contemplate that before approaching me. Hey, fool, run that shit the fuck back, man.
your number one source for knowledge in the information age. High Frequency Radio Network. Yeah, 
such and such, man. It's funny how with you out of sight, you be out of mind. How a good woman, friends, and money be hard to find. I've been on my hustle, stacking paper on the grind. In Atlanta, in New York, trying to build a shot. Real talk, these days it's hard to stay sober. Switch your time zone, just a four hour late over. Fifth stop, hot blood shot, red from the doja. I grind hard because I can't flow in the soda. You can tell I'm clap doja. You in the corporate office somewhere over there. If you whip a Range Rover, you can get colder. And I ain't got time, man.
like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I am your host, So L, Seeker of Truth L, Speaker of Truth L, and I would like to welcome you once again, and you know, for the first time, if it is your first time. Got a great show. I, I feel like it's going to be glorious. So, you know how I do. I want to welcome you to the foundation where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're looking to correctly apply correct information here on the foundation. And as always, I want to give all thanks and praises and all honors to the Creator and the ancestors. I appreciate it. I feel like it's not me. I want to give a big shout out, big up, you know, salute to Big Brother Yusuf L, High Frequency Radio Network creator, FTCUniversity.com, Private Thought Solutions. I mean, man, I mean, he didn't, I ain't going to say his private business, but my man is working, you know what I mean? And uh, I had the honor to see the brother recently. I'm going to see him again pretty soon. <clears throat> and, you know, always want to give a shout out to the big brother Yusuf Bell. Welcome to the foundation.com. And, you know, these email subscribers are just jumping up. I want to say peace to all the email subscribers. And I went to welcome to the foundation.com and signed up for the email. And then the screen came up and said, You're not done yet, which was a lie. It's like a fake out. How um, the email client or whatever used to operate. They don't operate like that any longer. So you don't have to do anything else. Like I do is put your email in there, hit enter or hit the you know the button on the screen and you're you're signed up. I always forget to announce that. You can you can uh, definitely find the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the Twitter page if you're into that. Got a got a crazy PDF section. You can book a consultation. And you can as well make a donation all from the same spot. Welcome to the foundation.com. Uh, we look forward to seeing you over there. I want to say peace to all the listeners. Peace, salute. I want to say peace to all the live listeners, all the live callers. You know, I see the switchboard. I want to say peace to y'all. I want to say peace to all the, you know, the internet list- listeners, those on the internet. Got a browser open. You're checking out the show. Peace. I want to say peace to all the podcast listeners. And the archive listeners, I say MP3 listeners again. Those listeners who can't listen to the show live, you know, but still check the show out. You get the same piece. I want to say uh, peace to all the trustees. You know, those in trustee training, the foundation, or, you know, trustee in your own right, in your own way. I want to say peace to you. I as well want to say peace to all those invested in their private education, whether that's monetary, using gold, silver, whether they're using fiat notes, whether they're using time and energy, which I think is the most expensive, the most um, valuable investment. I want to say peace to all y'all. I also want to say peace to anyone I've done business with in the private. I want to say peace and thank you to anyone that has made a donation or who sent an email or well wishes a current event. As well as I want to thank, thank anyone who's otherwise added to the foundation. Definitely. I trust my connection is is cool. 
If not, you know, I know some people are listening that have my, you know, my private number. Just, you know, text me or something. Let me know if I'm able to make any adjustments. I would very much appreciate that. All right, so let's jump into these current events real quick, and let's get, get moving with this show. Want to bring, you know, Yusuf in. <clears throat> we had a great show last night, last time, or last week. You know, it ended early. But, you know, it was a great show. He he offered to come back. My man came back, so that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, first current event, we are on Reuters. U.S. stocks fall. As trade concerns spark growth fears. Telling y'all this is coming, they ain't gonna blame it on the trade war. Okay, maybe it has something to do with it, but this stuff was going on way before that. And being that I say that a lot, I brought some actual diligence with me, you know, for this broadcast as far as backing that up. Anyways, US stocks fell today with the S and P five hundred and Nasdaq. I'm sorry, Nasdaq closing just above key support levels as Worries that a lengthy U.S.-China trade war would crimp global growth. It pushed investors into the safety of government bonds. I don't know if that's safe, though. Trade tensions between the two largest economies in the world show little signs of relaxing as Chinese newspapers warned that Beijing could use rare earth elements to strike back after President Donald Trump remarked on Monday that he was not yet ready to make a deal with China over trade. Rare earths are a group of 17 chemical elements used in everything from high-tech consumer electronics to military equipment. Adding to worries, China's, um, man, okay, so I figured out how to say this company correctly. You know what I mean? I, I forgot, though, which is, which is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Huawei, that's what it was. Huawei. <laughs> Huawei technology is proud of myself. Uh, filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government late on Tuesday in its latest bid to fight sanctions from Washington. Bunch of hoopla, hoopla, trade wars. That's what's causing the stock market. Yada, yada. We're going to move forward. That was Reuters, though. U.S. stocks fall as trade concerns. That's what we're talking about. I'm going to move on to Forbes. I don't really use Forbes too much, but I found this interesting that they were just, you know, they just talking about this stuff in the public. And then speaking to a certain, you know, in my opinion, pocket or percentage of the population, basically telling them, hey, this is working, and telling everybody else that it's not working, as far as I'm concerned, two sides of every coin. America's humongous wealth gap is widening further. Forbes.com. Federal Reserve officials love singing the economy's praises these days throwing out terms like full employment and remarkable positive, or I'm sorry, remarkably positive with abandon. However, new research from the Fed itself shows the health of the economy is truly in the eye of the beholder, so to speak. In other words, distribution is everything. A steady economic expansion and historically low jobless rate can mask deep inequalities in income and wealth that leave American families in vastly different financial situations. The Fed report shows, among other things, that the poorest 50% of Americans are literally getting crushed by the rate, I'm sorry, the weight and rate of rising inequalities. 
quote, the top 10% of wealth distribution hold a large and growing share of U.S. aggregate wealth, while the bottom half hold a barely visible share. This is the Fed economist. This is what Fed economists wrote in a paper outlining a new data set on inequality, which is more timely than existing statistics. Man, I got a tongue twister this evening. The charts show that while the total net worth of U.S. households has more than quadrupled in nominal terms since 1989, check this out, the increase has clearly accrued more to the top of the distribution than the bottom. So overall, the economy is doing great. But um, more specifically, or more on a micro level, individual families are getting pushed. In 2018, the richest 10% held 70% of total household wealth. This is up from 60%, so that's a 10% increase since 1989. The share funneled the top 1% um, jumped 32% last year from 23% in 1989. The increase in wealth, hold on, let me say that again. I want everybody to catch this. So the richest 10% held 70% of total household wealth in 2018, according to the Fed themselves. This is up 10% from 1989. Let's just leave it there. Um, The share funneled to the top 1% is now at 32% in 2018, where it was at 23% in 1989. So you got an increase of 10% in wealth. I'm sorry, an increase of yeah, an increase of 10% in wealth for the top richest 10%, and you got an increase of 9% in wealth on top of that for the richest. I'm sorry, for the richest um, 1%. The increase in wealth share of the top 10% came at the expense of households in the 50th to 90th percentiles of the wealth distribution, which basically means us. So if you if you're if you make about half. Um, if you make about or about half of what I guess is like the average income and salaries or something like that to those who make less than that. So those are the people who lost their money. Energy isn't destroyed. Neither is money. Money just moves. It's a wealth transfer. So this just illustrates the large wealth transfer that has happened since 1989 to 2018. And the increase of severity in that wealth transfer since 1989. Their share, households in the 50th to 90th percentiles of wealth distribution, dropped to 29% from over the same time uh, period. The bottom 50% saw essentially zero net gains in wealth over those 30 years, driving their already meager share of total wealth down to just 1% from 4%. Man, them some numbers, huh? Then they ended the article. They were like, you know, we're just done talking about that. So you know, I'm going to get done talking about that. I'm going to move on to, <clears throat> what is this, Bloomberg. Bloomberg, credit market, probably the riskiest ever. Remember, I was speaking, I don't know, if y'all checking me out for the first time, Peace. But for y'all that have been checking me out for a while, last year I was talking about there's a credit squeeze. They're going to start squeezing credit. <clears throat> and, you know, hey, credit market probably the riskiest ever. PIMCOs, 
Mather says, credit market risk is at an all-time high, according to Scott Mather, Chief Investment Officer of U.S. Core Strategies at Pacific Investment Management. The investment firm is defensive on asset class as it sees high likelihood of a recession over the next three to five years. And then people that I'm talking to, they're saying, we got about two years left. So, so get as much precious metals as you can. Get your hands on real estate. Um, get your hands on, you know, uh, tangible assets and, you know, um, get ready because <clears throat> this stuff's going to hit and it's going to be prolonged and it's going to be crazy. And, I, you know, I, I ain't no real conspiracy theorist, you know, per se, uh, but it's more like I usually write these cats off as like, okay, man, y'all tripping, y'all preppers, you know, they, they're the type of people who got all types of food and water and toilet paper and stuff like that. And after that, I don't, but, they, you know. They just go, to me, they go hard. But in, in reality, it's seeming more and more to me like, you know, man, these cats might be right. Because, I mean, I see the public talking about it. It was, you know, being said in the private for years. Since I've gotten on high frequency, um, I've been hearing this stuff. Um, this is in an interview with Bloomberg Television. Um, PIMCO. The New York, Newport Beach, California-based um, company man- manages $1.76 trillion in assets. So this guy is in no slouch. The increased size, lower quality, and lack of liquidity in corporate bond markets are all red flags, Mather said. He also sees credit risk from duration, a measure of sensitivity of bonds that shifts in interest rates. He goes on to say, we see it's in the buildup in corporate leverage, the decline in credit quality, and declining underwriting standards. All this late cycle credit behavior we began to see in 2005 and 2006, which was a year, a couple of years before, you know, the last recession. Europe, U.S. corporate bond markets have slumped this week, with benchmark high yield CDs, certificates of deposit, index hitting a four-month low. And junk bond ETFs suffering hefty outflows as equity and oil markets dropped. However, the junk bond index spread is still just 100 basis points wide of the post-crisis low struck in October. Credit is not at the point where it will fall of its own weight, but it certainly is a vulnerability today, and all the ingredients are there for that vulnerability to grow, Mather said. He referred to this year's record stock buybacks, much of them financed with leverage as hazards for corporate bond investors. Bottom line, they're buying back, they're taking out, the companies are taking out loans to buy back the stock. And who's going to get hit hard? The investors. Um, Bloomberg, let's, let's keep it here. Morgan Stanley says U.S. yield curve now clearly spells downturn. Man, am I, am I like, am I preaching the sky is falling? No, I'm, I'm saying like we, we still have time. To make you know, to make certain decisions, make no dis- no mistake, the Treasury yield curve really is flashing recession angst, and the trade war is merely a sideshow. At least they're being honest, in my opinion. This is honest. While a key slice of the curve is inverted this month for the first time since March, an adjusted quote unquote curve that accounts for quantitative um, sorry quantitative easing and tightening has been persistently inverted for the past six months, according to Morgan Stanley. In fact, the bank's metric inverted back in December, well before the most recent escalation of U.S.-China trade tensions, and has maintained its shape ever since. Strategists led 
by Mike Wilson point out. This suggests investors who are looking to trade to a trade resolution as a salve for the world's economic woes may be pinning their hopes in the wrong place. Quote, get ready for more potential growth disappointments, even with the trade deal, the strategist wrote wrote in a May 28th report. They see risk of the S&P 500 index falling to 2,400 points from around 2,800 points, thanks to softening data. Softening data, I don't know, man, you got to do serious research to understand what these cats are talking about sometimes. Cited cited culprits for Fed, Fed, I'm sorry, falling bond yields range from tensions in global commerce, relentless hedging demand to grow. Um, nearly $11 trillion worth of fixed income securities are now yielding below zero. The most since 2016, Bloomberg data shows. There's no shortage of evidence pointing to economic woes, Morgan Stanley points out. U.S. data from durable goods to capital spending and PMIs lagged market consensus last week, all of them reflecting activity in April before the latest round of tension escalations. In China, the economic outlook deteriorated this month after after April's weaker-than-expected performance. Expectations for price growth as proxies by five-year, five-year forward, inflation swaps are falling in the U.S. and the Euro. I'm sorry, the euro area. Quote, we think this means the U.S. economic slowdown and rising recession risk is happening regardless of the trade outcome. The strategy is right. The gap between the three-month and the 10-year rates dipped to minus 12 basis points today, the most negative since March, when this closely watched segment of the curve inverted for the first time since 2007. That's the significance of what I'm talking about, is yield curve stuff. Some people, you know, might not know what I'm talking about. Might be like, what, what are you talking about? Yield curves and stuff, stocks. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. But like, like everything, you know, the more you study, the more you begin to understand. Morgan Stanley warns its adjusted yield curve also just suggests stock volatility is set to rise. The curve, quote, generally does a good job of telling us what to expect for the volatility index. Recession or not, we believe U.S. equity market volatility is likely to pick up significantly over the next six months. Six months, huh? Volatility, which is you know, it's definitely a negative, negative con- wow connotation. Hmm. I don't understand tonight. Forbes has the Fed engineered recession arrived. If so, what's next? Y'all gonna repeat that headline that Forbes.com just put out in the public, man. Has the Fed engineered recession arrived? If so, what's next? I mean, they they telling people, man, or not, or I'm tripping. I could be tripping. I might be tripping. In late October, hold on, since late January, our early economic indicators, which include advanced trade orders, inventory buildup, small business hiring, among others, have all deteriorated and are now flashing bright red warning signs. While the Fed has stopped its rate hike program late last year, it continues to deleverage its balance sheet at a quick pace thereby drawing liquidity from the market. They're pulling cash out of circulation. Moreover, 15 months into the trade war with China, the U.S. economy is beginning to feel the impact of this policy at a time when overall global economy is slowly, um, slow, I'm sorry, slowly, slowing sharply. Man, I got this. Lastly, the benefits to overall economy of the 2017 tax cut appear to be minimal. As there has been little, if any, material repatriation of foreign capital to the United States, and 
U.S. corporations have not increased capital expenditures from previous years in a meaningful manner. So what does it all mean for investors going forward? There are three likely scenarios for investors to contemplate. Number one, the Fed does nothing and the U.S. economy slows to the below 2% GDP growth but averts a recession. This is a, quote, safe and very plausible scenario as the Fed continues to call low inflation transitory and temporary. This would likely mean that stocks remain in a trading range and will be more influenced by outside political and geopolitical factors than anything else, trade wars, certain other wars, the stuff going on with different countries. I'm hearing stuff about Iran again. I mean, here we go. Number two, the Fed views the rises, I'm sorry, the rise in oil prices and impacts on tariffs as inflationary and decides to raise rates one more time. This is the least likely scenario, but it should not be ignored or viewed as impossible. Another rate hike, given the current global macro environment, would almost certainly cause a significant sell-off in stocks followed by a prolonged period of flat performance. Sounds like a recession to me. Or three, the most likely scenario is that the Fed stays the course through the summer and announces a shift in policy in September or October. They're going to start lowering rates. Um, this may come in the form of ceasing its balance sheet leveraging, or more than likely, what I would say, in the form of a single quarter percent rate cut. Futures markets are pricing the scenario of this most likely. Like, futures markets are already pricing in the rate cut. The crazy thing is, is the Fed said they're going to raise the rates to a certain point. I think they got a little over or about halfway there, and then they stopped, and now they're about to reverse. What does that mean about the economy that they're saying is so robust in this, you know, these, these employment numbers? Should this occur, markets will likely react negatively in the short term as investors are likely to view this as the Fed admitting that the U.S. economy is in trouble. However, the sell-off in stocks will, stocks, the sell-off in stocks will likely be short-lived, setting up for a solid rally in 2020. At the same time that this piece was published, um, it was indicated that the S&P 500 to end 2018 around 2,700 and 2019 between 2,800 and 2,850. Um, that was overshot, but it's believed that, man, whatever. We're going to move on. Bottom line, the headline says it all. Has the Fed engineered recession arrived? If so, what's next? That's on Forbes.com. You can check that out if you'd like to. You know, you ain't got to believe me. CNBC, the Dow slides more than 200 points as yields fall on worries about the economy. Mm-hmm. How's that working out? Damn, I'm getting text messages. I, that's from Yusuf. Yusuf said he's ready, y'all. Finish up these uh, current events. Let me pull Yusuf in. I got just a couple more. Uh, 200 points. Stocks fell today as bond yields declines again, triggering concerns about the economic growth, increasing trade tensions, and the China-U.S. trade fight also weighed on markets. The 10-year note fell to its lowest level since September 2017 before rebounding to about 2.26%. A portion of the yield curve further inverted as the three-month Treasury bills last yielded 2.36%, well above the 10-year rate. A yield curve inversion is seen by traders as a potential, as a potential sign that a recession is on the horizon. Man, why are we hearing this? I feel like, you know, I feel like the, the so-called powers that be, you know, um, you can get, we, they understand human psychology and that, you know, we can get desensitized to certain things. We see some enough, we become desensitized, you know, um, 
to, you know, seeing things and stuff like that. And I think this recession word is coming up a lot, and I'm still sensitive to it. Bond flash, economic warning, as three-month bond yield tops 10-year rate by most since, I'm sorry, tops the 10-year rate by most since the financial crisis. This is CNBC. Long-term government debt yields fell further below rates on short-term notes and bills during today's session. An unusual bond market phenomenon often heralded on Wall Street as a recession um, prognosticator. That's a crazy word there, prognosticator. Um, I'm going to keep you moving on that. Y'all can check that out. Um, Reuters, money market traders bet on more than insurance. U.S. rate cuts from the Fed. New York is where we're talking about. Interest rate traders are betting the Federal Reserve may lower the U.S. borrowing costs multiple times in the coming months to counter the possible economic drag from the worsening trade fight between China and the United States. We understand it's not just that. And this stuff was happening before this trade war. It's, to me, it's a distraction. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. At the beginning of the year, traders started carving out a bullish position in U.S. rates. Futures on views that the U.S. Central Bank may consider the standalone rate decrease late in the year on an insurance move to prolong the current economic expansion. I mean, if you got to push levers and buttons, man, is it really an economic expansion? Moving on, Reuters, Bank of America sees lower trading revenue in its second quarter. Bank of America joins the chorus of large banks predicting a weak trading quarter today. Speaking to investors and analysts at an industry conference, Chief Executive Brian Moynihan said he expects trading revenue to be lower and investment banking revenue to be flat. These fools make millions. If these fools make multiple, multiple millions of dollars to know what they're talking about. Reuters trade worry seen pushing U.S. mortgage activity to one month low. Oh, it's the trade war is the reason why. Um, mortgages are, are are not popping. The number of U.S. borrowers seeking to uh, seeking a home loan fell to a month, one month low. They're going to tell you the, they're going to tell you the truth and they're going to give you their story of why. So here's the truth: the number of U.S. borrowers borrowers seeking a home loan fell to a one month low. Here's the story: amid concerns about the growing trade tension between China and the United States and its impact on the economy, I don't think most people even really tripping about that stuff. Really, the Washington-based group seasonally adjusted measure on mortgage application for home purchase and refinancing declined by 3.3%. This is the lowest level since the week of April 26th. Concerns over European economic growth and ongoing uncertainty about a trade war with China were some of the main factors that kept mortgage rates low last week. Interest rates on the 30-year conforming mortgages whose loan balance is 484,350 or less, average 4.33%, unchanged from the week below. So they're keeping the rates low, and it, man, it's still flat. On the flip side, gold draws support from U.S.-China trade, global downturn, fears. Reuters. Gold prices rose alongside other safe haven assets today as the trade rift between the United States and China showed no sign of cooling with investors fearing a global economic slowdown. Last but not least, man, and then I'm gonna bring in Yusuf. Sorry, Yusuf, man, I got you. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> tech crunch. I don't really talk about this, but this, you know, I always talk about tech every week. 
This blew my mind. This was an old article. This article is eight months old, so I'm late, which means we late. It says, watch this humanoid robot install drywall. And they got a video. It's the HRP-5P. is a humanoid robot from Japan's Advanced Industrial Science and Technology Institute that can perform common construction tasks, including, as we see above, install drywall. Um, the HRP-FP uses environmental, I'm sorry, environmental measurement, object detection, and motion planning to perform various tasks. In the video, you see it uses a small hook to grab the wallboard on the side uh, and slide it on, off onto the floor. Then with a bit of maneuvering, it's able to place the board against the joists and drill them in place. By utilizing the HRP-5P as a development platform, of industry-academia collaboration, it is expected that research and development for practical use of humanoid robots in building construction sites and assembly of large structures such as aircrafts and ships ships will be accelerated. They're looking to accelerate it. They're about to take all the jobs, y'all. The researchers see the robot as a replacement for an aging population and a declining birth rate. It is expected that many industries, such as the construction industry, will fall into serious manual shortages in the future, and it is urgent to solve this problem by robot technology. This is Japan, by the way, but we live in a global economic society. Also, at work sites, assembling very large structures, such as building sites and assembling of aircraft ships, workers are carrying out dangerous and heavy work. Oh, it's dangerous. Don't get a job. And it is desired to replace these tasks with robot technology. However, at assembly site, of these large structures, it is difficult to develop a work environment tailored to a robot, and the introduction of the robot has not progressed. Over 6 million contractors in the U.S. alone. Robots like this one could be a boon or a curse. What happens when we can easily replace humans in shipping, logistics, and construction? Let's just hope robots um, still need supervisors. Man, and that's, uh, you know, the implications, I mean, I think it's, you know, more, it's, it's global, obviously, it will affect families, but, you know, the the perception of the implications is personal. So, I don't know, you want to talk about the current events, holler at me, you can hit us up, admin at welcometothefoundation.com, and um, we'll get right to you. So, let me find Yusuf, man, I appreciate him coming in, we got Yusuf coming back, oh, there he is. Bring brother, brother, peace. I appreciate it. Peace, fam. Peace. How you doing? Great, man. What's going on? How you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I feel like, you know, um, we got caught like the news last report. week, you know. like I was just listening to Nightline or, you know, 2020 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> man, I just, uh, you know, I just try to pull some relevant information out of all the... All the madness and all the craziness out there is new. Right, 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 right. It is. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been moving so much. I haven't even been paying attention to current events too much. I gotta, you know, and I was kind of following the political thing, but it just got, I just got tired of looking at that. It was just the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, but right. I, you know, I. I, I a lot of people may not know what may not know about me is, and I, I have a lot of interest in um, spiritual matters, supernatural matters, and extraterrestrial. 
and things like that. People may not know that about me. Um, and a lot of that is being disseminated in your TV shows and movies now. Um, right. I'm, I, I, like right now, I'm watching a TV show called Lucifer that I enjoy very much. I don't mind saying. And it, it's not what you think. When you become very knowledgeable, and Lucifer, his thing is, he, he's trying looking for redemption. He's saying, I ain't made y'all do not one thing. And yesterday's episode that I watched, he made one rele- uh, 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 revelation that I wonder if people out there really um, uh, really know about. It. And that is, is that hell is not eternal. That hell is a state of mind that you put yourself in through your guilt. Yeah. And you, ca- you play that guilt over and over again. And the only time that you will lift, elevate yourself out of it is when you decide to. Now, that has been my, my thing that I found in all my research that he's absolutely correct in what he was saying. And I was just shocked at the level of um, spiritual information that they were disseminating in that TV show. And I wonder how many people actually just like somebody said, I don't I don't watch that show. They're trying to make uh, Lucifer look like he a, he a good guy and things like that. I said, well, yeah, they yeah, are kind of doing that. Um, you know, they do it kind of like a, a spin on it. But I just ignore all of that. And I listen to what he's saying because they are trying to educate you about some things. Real interesting um, that the people behind these shows, the level of knowledge and information that they have um, and the layman, it just goes above most of their heads. Those about most of their heads is really interesting to me. And the only reason I am into that like that is because a lot of people are looking for answers to things. And at the end of the day, the ultimate answer, the ultimate remedy is the realization that you are, that you and God are one. That God works through you. That you have the power over all things. That now that might sound like some, um, I don't know, like you preaching or something like that. But I've done a lot of study over the years, and every patriarch that ever came, the underlying message, the underlying theme that they all share, is that message right there. Even in the law books, I see this. Everything has to do with your mind. You know, like mens rea. You know, you're not guilty unless the mind is guilty. You're not guilty unless they can prove your mind is guilty. And a cross-examination is an examination of the con- subconscious mind. An exa- uh, you, do, you do an examination and a cross-examination. Examination is the conscious mind. Cross-examination is the subconscious mind. And if, they, if the two are not in agreement, then you are guilty. Because hmm. the subconscious don't lie. Subconscious don't lie. It doesn't lie. But, you know, I, I just had to throw that in there a little bit. Just, you know, people want to know about me. That's something that, you know, I, I, I spend time studying. You know, it's the interest of mine when I can relax and get away from the secure party. You know, it's a lot of times I look for either TV shows, videos, or something like that on those particular subjects because, you know, that's, a, that's an interest of mine. But anyway, on to the question and answer. I see we have a lot of people with their hand up. How are we going to do this today? I know you're running the show, so what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so today, you know, I feel like, like I said, I feel like we got a, we got cut off last time. We were, I want to kind of, I wanted to get your um, opinion 
um, on, I guess uh, the last question I have right here is, uh, and we can jump right into it. That's cool. All right. All right. So what, um, what would you, what would you tell someone Regarding starting a business versus getting a degree, did we address that last week? Because I think that was the last question. Yeah, I, I think we touched on a little bit. What would I say regarding that? I would say this. I would say that putting focusing your energy on starting a business is, to me, superior to going to school and getting a college degree. And the reason why is okay. Well, you know, just look at it. You just look out there. If you start a business, say. You have two people start a bit. Eighteen, they they come out of high school. One goes to college, one starts his business. In four years, the person, if they've been mentored correctly, and you know they've been diligent in what they're doing, they like you as the head of the person that's coming out of college because number one, first of all, their mentality is different. Okay, they've been programmed in an entirely different way. You know, like when a person, and I'll give you an example. Of what I mean, when a person loses a job, then they get fired. A person that hasn't been trained to think in terms of uh, uh, getting their own business or, no, or doesn't know how to hustle for themselves, they they thinking, well, what am I going to do? I got to put out a resume. I have to, uh, you know, I have to go uh, beat the pavement. I have to go big, essentially, uh, for someone else, you know, to give me a job. Or I don't have enough uh, degrees. I need to go back to school and give me a master's or go back to school and give me a PhD and spent a couple of years doing that when you can spend a lot less time and a lot more energy into um, getting yourself specialized knowledge and something you know as long as you master something okay you have some sort of value and you know you can go out there and just learn how to do anything you can man, you can make money doing anything I really sincerely feel that there is just so many different things I have to offer that if I just decided to stop doing this today and and want, and which I do do other things I do do um, I could just you know I could be successful in that you know I, I'm helping people right now start businesses and um, uh, do things like that just showing them the fundamentals how to go and incorporate uh, how to go get you a business bank account uh, how to get you a Dunn's number how to get you uh, you know just how to just start to build a website how to put your merchant account on the website, what needs to be on there, you know, how to, how to market. You know, I taught myself how to, you know, uh, video edit so I could put some stuff on YouTube and use social media. Um, I started, you know, high-frequency radio through, I built it up strictly through Facebook. You know, I met a guy, how that happened was when I started high-frequency radio, um, I met a guy at a, at a um, he was with the, uh, what, the, what was this? I think it was the Super Bowl. We were at the Super Bowl, and I, we was, I, was in, I was in Culver City in California at a um, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo wing shop, and the mayor was there. And I was sitting next to him, uh, right next to his table, and uh, the mayor's friend, we were sitting next to each other, and while we were talking, he said, yeah, I got me a blog talk show, too. I said, you do? I said, I mean, at least I got 750,000 listeners. I said, damn, man, how you get 750,000 listeners? He said, I just posted it in the Facebook groups. So I started, you know, so what I did was when he gave me that information, I said, huh. So I started waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, every morning, and I, my show was at 8 o'clock. At 6 to 6 to 8, I posted in all the Facebook groups I could. I joined as many of them that was relevant to my topic 
and posted in there and just kept posting, kept posting. Just every day, I just did it. I do at least 50, a minimum of 50. And I just did that repetitively every day. And it just grew. And, you know, it's just, is there something to say um, when you have, when you do your own business about consistency? And um, I think also having a good woman is good for that, too, because uh, one thing I've noticed about every time I've been successful in whatever I'm doing, it always was in conjunction with me, uh, like, really having just one woman and kind of focusing on what I'm doing, not being out in the street trying to womanize and, you know, chase different women and things like that. Every time I experienced some measure of success, it was always – and, you know, in uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Rich with Napoleon Hill, he talks about that. He talks about all the – wealthy men behind every successful man is a woman and you know so that's an uh, important component and it's been an important component for me I'll, I'll admit that but I've noticed that though that it has been at times when I was just kind of like settled one woman uh really kind of focused in on that and was focusing in on what I was doing so I think that there and the reason I'm just bringing that up I think there are other things to um, being successful in business other than just telling people how to you know just go out and um build a website, you know, get specialized knowledge. I think there are some um, nuances to it, too. Like when we talked about sperm and, you know, having enough vital energy and uh, doing what you love and, you know, having your woman and, you know, having a definite purpose and, you know, having persistence and, you know, those things like that, you know, are, you have to have those things as well. I'm not saying that just anybody can run a business, but I just think that if people would put uh, more effort into that, it's just my sincere belief. I think that they would see, and you know, and just do it slowly. Don't like, whoa, today I got to start a business. Okay, let's say you got a job. Okay, well, if I, if I'm, I'm gonna give you a scenario. Let's say this is me. Let's say I work a job. I'm doing a nine to five, and I'm listening to Yusuf L on the radio. Just the kind of person I am. I'm gonna tell you what would be my, my thing I would do. The first thing I would do is. I would check out and see how to incorporate. I said, "Damn, this nigga to keep talking about incorporating." Let me see how I incorporate. You find out how easy it is to get you an LLC. Uh, you can get an LLC in, you know, two seconds. I got my girl an LLC. You know, she's shocked. She's like, damn, was that? You know, I sent her in there. I drove her down to the Secretary of State. I said, now walk in there, take this piece, these two pieces of paper, go into the office, and tell the lady you want to get your incorporation. Came back. Man, that was easy. Okay, I say, now we're going to wait. And get the paper back. When the paper come, I'm going to take you up here to the bank. We're going to get us a bank account. Walked into the bank with her, got a bank account. Damn, that was easy. I said, yeah, you know, people be charging for this, don't they? She said, yeah. I said, this guy is simple, ain't it? I remember the first time I did it, I paid the guy like $500 to do all of this stuff. I'm like, damn, you know, we just walking in and just get this thing flowing. Okay, next thing. Okay, let's go get a, you know what I'm saying? Let's go get a Dunn's number. Okay, got the Dunn's number. Okay, so I got a little thing that you got a little bank account, got a little Don's number, got a little credit file flowing and everything. And now, you know, I'm saying, okay, now I'm going to show you how to build a website. I don't know how to build no website. I, I said, you know, sit down, I'm going to show you. better watch this video. It's a two-hour-long video. I, most of them can't sit down two hours and watch a damn video. But I said, hey, watch this video for two hours. You know, a two-hour video should take you about eight hours to watch. You know why? Because you should have you should be watching the video, stopping it, copying what the dude just told you to do, 
and it restarts the mug. And just keep, that's what I did. I just stop it, stop it. Okay, do that. Okay, sorry. Stop it. Okay, what he just do? Okay, do that. Sorry. And just, it take me about, it might take me six, eight hours, a couple of days, get through that two-hour video. But by the time I'm through with it, I know what I'm doing. Okay, that's just not what they got on YouTube. If you just do that. Okay, so now you got, I got that. Now, the next thing is marketing, which is the hardest thing. Because you got everything in place. Okay, let's see you found your little product. But now, I ain't got nothing to sell. You know, what I'm on sale. Well, there's Alibaba that got a million. To everything they sell at damn TJ Maxx, Ross, and all that that everybody y'all like to go in, you could be have a website selling the same shit. Okay? All right? So you could have your website. Let's say I'm going to sell sheets. Okay, some dude over here, he found some sheets. I bought the sheets from dude, man. I, they, he said they were like... um. You know, it was 2,000 thread, you know what I'm saying? Egyptian cotton. I'm like, man, these ain't no damn 2,000 thread sheets. You know, 2,000 thread, like, thicker than, that, than this to me. It's all right. You know, I got the sheets. But, man, these sheets were so soft. I said, man, where'd you get these sheets from, man? Okay. I can't find them nowhere. I be going in Ross and all that. I can't find them anywhere and everything. But he's selling on the corner. He make about... $2,000. He'd be saying, man, I made someday, man, I made about $2,000 selling these things. I'm like, damn, really? I'm like, damn, you know what I'm saying? You making $2,000? My girl calling me. I'm on the air. I'm on the air. Yeah. <laughs> Let me call you right when you're on the air. I just sent a link to listen to me on the air. Then they call you. <laughs> but, um, you know what I'm saying? So the, my next day would be, okay, well, you know, I would say, well, how am I going to market on, 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 well, how am I going to set myself apart from everybody else? Because it's really not about competition. It's not about competition. You know, you say, well, like, let's say we're selling hair. Well, everybody sell hair. You know, it's like every, it's a goddamn hair place on every corner, you know. It's like they like damn stop, uh, 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 stop lights and everything. All right, so well, what I'm going to do, I said, well, I got to think of a way of, uh, you know, setting myself apart. How am I going to distinguish myself? Okay. And then, so what I learned was, well, it's not that people are buying hair. They're buying from you. They're buying from you, first of all. Okay. So your personality and everything is, you know, you got to learn how to, like, I'm so thankful when I was younger, I used to telemarket and do customer service. You know, all that stuff stuck with me. You know, it stuck with me in doing business because business is about sales, obviously, customer service sales and things like that. And you learn some very good things, especially telemarketing. That's the hardest thing in the world to do. You know, you got to withstand a thousand people hanging over your face, cussing you out. I give my number. Don't call you no damn old. <laughs> you know, you got to deal with that. <laughs> Those things, though, is what, so what I would do is I would use YouTube. You know, I would use YouTube and figure out some kind of way, like, um, to be creative. Like, I'm watching these cats, man. They got these little skits that they're doing on YouTube. And uh, I love these Real cats. His, his, name, his name is Big Josh. J-A-H. Y'all can check him out. I'm, 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 I'm promoting him. And he have a lot of beautiful ladies in his all his videos. And they, they, they wearing the clothes. They starting to market themselves in their videos. I'm hearing about people on... Um, you know, like Instagram, just doing t- review of TV shows and people paying them for wearing stuff because they got followers and things like that. You know, it's just so many different things that you can do. But it, it, but what I see what it's about is about the effort you put in. So if I'm working a job, I would keep working my job. 
But I'll be doing this every time I come home from work. I'll be building what I'm doing. And then here's the formula. Okay, let's say you take what you make. Let's say you make $70,000 a year. Well, I'm going to take $70,000. Let me, let me calculate it for you. I'm going to say, okay, I make $70,000 a year. Okay, so this is how I get my mind right on what I'm going to do. I'm going to calculate 70000 I'm going to divide that by 12, which is 12 months in a year. All right, and then I'm going to divide that by 30, 30 days in a month. That comes out to $194 a day. So I need to think of something where I can sell $194 a day to make $70,000. And on the Internet, that's easy as hell. If you got something where you can put something in front of somebody, I, and, you know, like, a, like, like I don't really push selling stuff on YouTube and stuff like that, I, like I could be. I don't. But there are other ways you can, you know, SEO, search engine optimization, a lot of things you can use like that. But it all comes down to a game of numbers. How many people put their eyeballs on whatever it is that you're selling equates to a sale every so often. So you might get one sale every 100 people. Okay, so if I, you know, so if I'm selling something that costs fifty dollars, I need to make a hundred. So I need four sales a day. So I get one sale every hundred people. I need four hundred people to put their eyeballs on my product. And you're gonna see it averages out like that. Some days you might not sell nothing. You might go a day. Okay, well I didn't sell anything today. Okay, so I missed that day. Well, the next day you might make twelve sales. So that makes up for that day. But all you care about is at the end of the month. Did it average out? Did I make $194 on average that month? That's how the businessman thinks. You know, you're trying to get to the point where you make money every day. Then you're trying to get to the point where you make money every hour. Then you're trying to get to the point where you make money every minute. And then you're trying to get to the point where you make money every second. Once you make money every second, you're a billionaire. You know, go to Bill Gates' website where they got the clock, where they're showing how much money he makes a second. And it'll blow your mind, you know, how much money this man makes in one hour. You know, and then you have to ask yourself the question, well, he's a man just like me. What does Bill Gates possess that I don't have? And the legend about Bill Gates is that he read a book called The Master Key by Charles Hanel, which is a book about the law of attraction. But it's a book like no other, the way it goes in, into the subject. It's, it's presented in 24 chapters, and it's written, they got it together like a Bible, and then they test you after every chapter. So, and I, that's why I put it on my website. I put it as a free course on my website. People can just go to the website, just roll in and take it online if they want to. All right. So these are the things that, you know, I would say that um, I would do if I was working nine to five and I had made a decision to myself, I'm going to do my own job. Of course, you're not going to leave your job and start your own business right now. But the, I think the quickest door to get in the way from your business is start the internet business. I mean, you know, you can start an internet business for under three hundred dollars, or depending on your state. I mean, depending on your state, how much it costs to incorporate. So there's really no excuse to it. Is my point? It's not. It's all in your desire. It's, a, it's just whether you want to do that or not. If you don't want to do it, you know, I understand that that you don't want to do it. You know, but it's like I'm just I'm just presenting something that I feel for the person that don't know what to do. You know, I would research. I would go on Alibaba. I mean, you got Shopify that you can get involved with, start drop shipping. Um, you can get in, uh, involved with uh, – I would definitely go to Alibaba. 
and see what's going on, you know, what products and services. Hell, like I've been thinking about, I'll throw an idea out there. I'm probably not going to do it, but I'll throw it out there. I've been trying to look at the electronics that they don't sell in the United States. There's a whole bunch of electronics and everything that, you know, that, that people aren't selling over here for some reason, that you could probably put together a website and, and start selling. There's a lot of inventions and stuff coming out and stuff like that. I mean, it's just a, it's a wealth of stuff. There's no excuse. You know, there's so much stuff out there to do. You can go to Amazon. This dude's making money by just um, um, having a, a, like a affiliate links with like Amazon and Best Buy and stuff like that. They just got affiliate links. They're making uh, like buku money and everything doing, you know, just, I, I, I can't explain it. Uh, they got videos on YouTube, top 10, 10 businesses to do on the internet. But they go through the thing and show you all these different things that you can get involved in. And, you know, there's, there's this one guy, if, you, if you're watching your videos, like I, on my videos, this guy comes on, he's, um, he's doing webinars, he's making money on webinars, he's charging like about five grand, all right, to do his thing. But he'll do the free rep webinar. So everybody knows that the formula is like if you got 10 jewels, you're going to have to give one or two of them away for free. So he comes on, he teaches you how to make over $100,000 for free because that ain't the, what he's trying to sell you. He's trying to sell you something to teach you how to make a million dollars. But he said, you know what? I'll show you how to make 100000 I give you that for free. That's how insignificant that is to him. He's like, look, man, you want to get away from your job here? I'm going to show you how to do this and make a And he's, I watched him like, damn. I, I knew from a person, I said, man, he just showed a person how to make $100,000 a year on the Internet. But only only one out of ten people ever do anything. They when they go to a seminar or webinar, it's only one out of ten people ever actually do it. So you asking me about college? If I'm gonna compare that to college, spending four years in college and then getting out, hundred thousand dollars in debt, and have to walk around and beg somebody for a job, and then go on that job, somebody tell me when to come to work when to take a break, when to go home, doing six-month review, doing yearly reviews. I work my ass off, and then you telling me that yeah, I got to work on this and work on that, and I've been kissing your ass for 12 months, and then it's, it's, it's time for a review. You give me 5% increase on my damn some type of raise or something like that. But that, that's what the question you're asking me? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. You know you're asking? Yeah. You're asking me yes, that. sir. Okay. <laughs> right. I didn't have to on it. All right, so okay, so the next one, I guess, because I wanted to talk with you about this, and um, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about this when, you know, when we were kicking it last, and I don't want to wait, so and it doesn't touch anything private, so I wanted to ask you on the air, um, are you paying attention to this overall push to cashless payments and payment system and? You know, a cashless society, and if so, what are some of the potential negative impacts that you see to the average, you know, wage earner? Or you know, well, the, 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 the biggest thing, the biggest impact is elimination of privacy. The liberals don't want mm-hmm. no privacy. Liberals don't want privacy. They want everybody dependent on government. Okay, yeah, an educated person can easily see that. It's like okay, they're where they stand, you know. So, and they're becoming very powerful. If you want, if you want proof that the liberals are coming, are becoming very powerful, just watch television. Almost all the action movies now 
or went led, but the role is fulfilled by a woman now. They trying to they trying to castrate men, and you know they trying to they trying to condition men to be beta males. Mm. That's what they doing, you know what I'm saying? And so they want the elimination of privacy. They want all the men punked out. Um, you know, I could go in on this subject. You won't talk about this, but uh, well, I do, I do, but but like uh, cast, you know, because I'm looking society, at it like because caste society, ahead, we always in a caste society. Only five percent of the money in circulation is actually like paper money. Ninety-five percent of the money flowing around right now is electronic already. Hell, I'm already. I mean, for music. like, uh, I'm more talking like cashly payment system, like Apple Pay, Google Pay. You know, um, what do they got? They got a Venmo. They got the Cash App. Like all these different cashless payment systems. Like this push that I'm that I'm seeing. You Elimination know, of problem. Um, yeah. I said yeah, I agree. Going is going to eliminate crime. I was well, going to seriously reduce it. Going to put a reduction in crime, and it's going to put more control. I mean, Aaron Russo told you what it is. Said ultimate goal: put a chip on you. And if you don't do what they say, they turn off your chip and, and cut you out the system. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. You know, they already putting uh, microchips in people. They already pushing that too, making it look good. You know, now that is the mark of the beast because computer equals six six six. Did you know that? Uh, what is that? Uh, a gamma gammatron or grammatron or something like that? It's called abjad in Arabic. But what it is 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 that if you take the alphabet A through Z. And ascribe uh, 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 the number six in increments of six. A is six, B is twelve, C is eighteen, and go all the way to Z. And Z is one fifty-six. And if you take the word computer and then apply each of those numbers to those letters and add it up, it says, "Let he who is wisdom calculate the number of the beast." You're gonna get six, six, six. You're gonna get the same thing with New York. You're gonna get because New York used to be called Little Babylon, and it's the financial center of the world. There's more depravity and everything going on in what they call the Big Apple. It's the York. When you go and study New York, the Yorks and the uh, the War of the Roses. You know that's why they call it New York, New Jersey, uh, New Hampshire. You know all those are names of you know places over in England. Okay, so you go and study that the history of those places. All right, and also Lucifer and Hell equals six six six. Computer. Um, uh, New York, and also uh, also um, a big one is Visa. Visa is 666. VI is the Roman numeral 6. S is 6 in Greek. And A is 6 in the, uh, in the uh, in what I just told you, the abjad, the letter A is 6, first letter. So you get 666. But you're looking for it in your language, but they ain't, give, they ain't put it in your face in your language. Go and study and see what I'm saying. VI is a Roman numeral 6. S is sigma in Greek, six, and then A is six. And you should not be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And then you fail. Speaking of Visa, Visa ran a campaign in New York offering 50 restaurants $10,000 each if they stopped accepting cash. Y'all can, y'all can look this up. I take cash out of circulation. That's why everywhere you go, they give you cash back. They, nobody don't want no cash. They try to give you all the cash. Exactly. I take it out and, of and then, well, 
it's the Visa as a company, they're gonna they stand to increase their revenue for the increase in service fees that they're getting for the use of their you know their financial instruments such as credit cards and stuff. I understand that it was an investment. Um, what is that? Half a million. So I mean, in their fees, I would like to know their fees so I can calculate how long it took uh, Visa to make back uh, that half a million, and was the increase in revenue by Visa receiving fees. Um, from all those 50 restaurants, um, from the new transactions, you know, how much they've made so far. Like, I I understand it. I, I see that, you know, um, I feel like the public has been sufficiently moved away from monetary metals is really kind of where I'm getting at um, a little bit, whereas we're talk, where I like to talk about gold and silver. Well, yeah, I mean, gold and silver, definitely you should have used some gold and silver. I mean, li- listen, let me say this, because I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I've been accused of this. You know, I want to address this. You know, it's like, you work for, you're an agent. You know, I always get a damn, you know, you know, some old punk <laughs> on, on, uh, on YouTube hiding behind a damn fake-ass profile, start calling me names and shit. And, you know, they latest saying is that I'm an, I'm an agent for the system because I'm telling people how to be in the system, then I get out of the system. Let me address that. Okay. Yes, you, it tells you in Revelation chapter 18, I saw a messenger come out of heaven, out of the sky, and tell everybody, come out of her, my people, so you not be partakers of her plague. One of the ways we're trying to teach people how to come out of her is stop using that social security number, that you need to get an okay. entity and start working through an entity. Now, you may not understand that because you don't have fucking business sense. You're just a dumb motherfucker, okay? I, you can go out into the woods and sit your dumb ass under a tree and meditate. I do whatever it is you do and grow your food and live like a caveman. Me, I'm a little bit more practical. I understand what I'm dealing with. I've been doing this a long time. People not finna give up their cars. They not giving up their computers. They not giving up their uh, uh, not giving up their credit cards. They not giving that shit up, man. Okay? I, we, I done been a part of the conscious community for a long fucking time. And I've only seen it go downhill. So I have a little bit different practical approach. Okay? Yes, I'm teaching people how to work in the system. But I'm trying to, be, I'm trying to teach them to be in the world, but not of it. Who said that? Didn't Jesus say that? You know, or something like that. You know, render unto Caesar what season unto the Lord, what is the Lord, all this kind of stuff right here. This is what it's all about. It's, it's public and private. When you come into the public, you got to know how to act. You got to know how You have to know how to act in public, man. You can't act up in public. You got to know how to act in public because you have a persona in public. Ain't that what person go back to? The Roman, it's, it, that, that what it mean, mask? Persona mean mask? And it go back to the stage plays in Rome? And a person is somebody capable of having rights? And this is when we're talking about in the public. When you come into the public, you have to have a persona. I remember our mask, I think I told us one time, he said, look, he said, when you go out into the world, he said, when you put on a suit, he said, a suit is a costume. He said, put on the costume, and when you get home, take it off. But you better remember that it's a costume. 
I don't know what else to say. All the world, all the world leaders are now beholding to uh, the uh, 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 to the Europeans because when you look all over the world, everybody then laid down their traditional garb and then put on suits. Chinese then did it. The Arabs doing it. Arabs still kind of wearing the robes and everything. You go in the United Nations, everybody got on suits. I used to ask Jehovah's Witnesses this question. They said, well, you know, you can't be in the world and everything. I said, I said, you worldly. I said, okay, why y'all come to my door dressed like the people y'all telling me to get away from? Y'all cut off y'all beards. You know, y'all clean shaven. Y'all got on suits. Y'all look exactly like the, the you emulating the people you talking about you don't want to emulate. I don't understand. People still perming their hair. We done went through that. I'm tired of telling women to stop perming their hair. I ain't doing that no more. I got a new platform. My platform is let's do business. All right? Because the only thing that I see that people will pay attention to is that almighty dollar. In God we trust. That is the God. And the social media gods. You know, I was, re- I was watching American Gods, and, um, you know, they talk about followers. How many followers do you have? So the social media guys are wa- waging war with the old school guys like Odin, you know, uh, um, Ashtardi, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Isis, you know, uh, name Isis, all these different people right here, all the old school guys waging war with the new school guys and the new school guys, are all the social media guys. They call you a social influencer. They call you an influencer. How many followers do you have? Okay. He who controls the paradigm is God. That's a deep, that is a deep ass statement that's going to go over people's heads. Who, he who controls the paradigm is God. Look, these people, y'all think y'all believe in God. Somebody is controlling your concept of God. Somebody gave that to you. Yes. And whoever gave it to yeah. you, that's your God. And it don't, it don't matter if you don't believe it. Because you, you didn't know about it. Somebody came and told you. Somebody who don't have no experience with it themselves came and influenced how you believe. So let me ask you. Somebody say, I say peace to the God. Is that, you, you don't think you have somebody who's God over you? Oh, you don't think so, huh? Somebody, somebody built your paradigm for you. Somebody's controlling your concept. Hey, with the money, back to the money, I don't have a problem with it. It's a system, man. Listen, it's a system. They can do what they want to do with it. It's not, you know, I don't get, I don't be like getting all up in arms about, like right now, if you look at the news, for the last 30 years I've watched the news. The news will make you think the end of the world is about to happen any moment. By for the last fucking for 30 real. years. Mm-hmm. It ain't just started today. It's a, why would you be on that hamster wheel fucking with them people? They, can, they, they, they are fear mongers. Because fear is a control paradigm. Fear shuts down the creative forces of the mind. It's the number one thing that shuts down the mind power. Fear. Number one thing. Why would you keep subjecting yourself that? To that. All right, next question. I think I exhausted that. 
I said all going to say that. Okay. Um, I was just, you know, um, I wanted to, you know, touch on what you said, you know, people talking about you, you teaching, you were Asian, you teaching people to stay in the system and stuff. I feel like, you know, when you get realistic, when you understand, when you get to a certain level and you get realistic, you know, um, and I'm talking to the audience or, you know, whoever, whatever, whatever. When you get to a certain level and you get realistic, you can understand that people people move and learn in degrees and levels. And exactly. most people, especially people on listening to this stuff, you ain't going to go from using the social entitling everything your social to operating the state with the business trust and asset trust, family trust, or whatever, you know, in that type of way, in any type of quick form or fashion that's going to be beneficial and conducive to operating the entity without it being pierced or disregarded as a separate entity and, you know, putting basically whatever, everything you had up for, for, for grabs, basically, you know, most people don't have the discipline with financing and bookkeeping you know, so transitioning someone from a nine to five to a state uh, at home business, and then maybe switching it to brick and mortar, showing them how to build a business credit, showing them where in the IRS it tells you what to do. People who are used to following rules need time to make their own rules and follow those. And I'll and I'll say like consistency and dedication is key, but the easiest transition in my experience from a wage earner to an entrepreneur or a private, you know, administrator of a private estate is from where you're at and what you know to what's closest to that. You know, a lot of us know someone who had a business or a small business or whatever. And if you can't see yourself doing it, most people won't even try. That's why most people get information. They don't even try it. Either a, they can't see himself doing it or they have a fear of failure and ridicule or something like that. It's some ego tripping stuff. You know, so anybody anybody who says, um, you know, uh, you're teaching someone to, you know, stay in the system, look, straight up, the end point is, especially with trustee training here at the foundation, the end point is for you to have a family business that you can pass down to your generations that is owned and hopefully specifically operated by a private entity that's governed by contract, that is not subject to, you know, state jurisdiction. And um, that's 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 the main deal. And as far as I'm concerned, that's private. That's a private family with a a, corp, a, a public corporation that's privately held. And there are a lot of corporations, so-called public, but they're privately held and not trading on the stock exchange. And they make billions of dollars every year, millions of dollars every year. So you know, it's a transition. We all learn in degrees, man. So as we learn. Yeah, you have to give people what they want so they'll want what you have to give. You know, you got to understand, like, a lot of these cats, they want to prove how intelligent they are. You know, if you're really concerned with your people or bringing your people out of something, you know, uh, teaching or education is about extracting something from someone, not in putting something in someone. When you're trying to put something in someone, that's called indoctrination. You're trying to indoctrinate a person the way you think. Uh, you know, a true teacher is helping a person realize their own power. Just helping a person realize their own power. Because right? the truth is already in you because it has to be in you because if it wasn't in you, you couldn't recognize truth when you see it. It has to already be in you. Okay? So you're just trying to help people along and realize something for themselves. 
That's it, something that they already possess, something that everybody possess. Everybody has the same potential. It's whether you realize that potential or not that is the issue or the question. Everybody has the same potential, and it's not about intelligence. Let me tell you, let me kill this real quick. Being successful in business don't have nothing to do with intelligence. There are plenty of intelligent people who are not successful in business. It don't have nothing to do with being to do with being in the right place. It don't have nothing to do with being fortunate enough to meet somebody or something. It don't have nothing to do with any of those things. Being successful in business is only about two things, having a goal and being persistent. Consistency and dedication. That's it. I got a friend who's a millionaire. He got, he's a millionaire. He's a real estate developer. He didn't finish eighth grade. He ain't even made it past eighth grade. He got way more money than me. He lost all his millions and then got it back. I still ain't got my first yet. He lost, I met him when he lost it and then he got him back. Just bought a new house and everything. Real estate developing. Because, you know, the real estate has cropped back up again. So he's developing. He's he developing properties all over, all over the place. He got his area on lock. He got his sign up everywhere. So I'm, you know, but he's mentoring me and showing me how to do it. So, but the thing was is, I'm like, I'm watching him and everything. But now when he talk about what he does with development, I asked, I wanted to bring him on the show and interview him. I'm gonna see if he wants to come on to the show because you know I was very impressed with um, his knowledge about development. You know, really, he sounded like a damn genius. You know, he country, but when he started talking about real estate, he sounded like a genius. I said, well, how you get into this, man? Get started when he was real young, you know. Um, and just one thing led to another and got into his own thing. You know, everybody got their little story, how they, you know, progressed and whatever it is that they learn how to do. But essentially, it was he just stayed in that one thing. You know, just he started out, you know, as a worker and then learned how to build a house and then, you know, learn, you know, and just one thing led to the other. And, you know, now he's doing he's, he's doing his thing. And that was, you know, that was just something that, you know, I'm just like, well, you don't have nothing to do with education. It don't have nothing to do with how intelligent you are. Nothing. I'm sure a lot of y'all know. Everybody who's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, he will let you tell you that in no uncertain terms. It ain't about that. It's about, it's about the Bible tells you the same thing. It asks you, ask and you shall receive. What do you want? You take the average man who's unsuccessful, he don't know what he wants. That's why he's unsuccessful. Because nothing shakes in your life. You declare what you want. Nothing starts till you know what you want. You got to have a plan. You fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's right. Not having a plan is a plan. <laughs> Not having a plan yeah. is a plan. <laughs> All right, man. What's next? What you got next, buddy? You want you want to take some of these calls? We gotta get some of these calls. Man, get yeah, you. let's let's uh. I'll just take some of the calls real quick. Go ahead. You got another question? I'll say it again. Yeah. No, I mean, I just wanted I just want to point out um to the listeners. You know, as far as I'm concerned, there's a wealth transfer coming, um, and they they come they they come predictably if you know what to look for and the indicators and stuff. And, you know, I I'm want people to start thinking. I don't concern myself with that. I'm going to tell you why. Because there is enough money for everybody. 
okay, if okay, the thing that is the really the control level of wealth is the mind. Okay, you have people who have have poverty mentalities and people who have wealth mentalities, and you can listen to it. And you don't have to worry about is this person if the stock market gonna transfer all this money over here or this gonna do anything. None of that has anything to do with you. You got to get to a point where you got to understand that it's not a competition and you don't have to worry. Those things are just illusions. Those things are put out there um, for people who don't know. Okay, when you're in the know, you're not worried about the next man or, or wealth transfer or anything like that because what does it say in the Bible? Why do you worry about tomorrow? Okay, and I'm not trying to make this into like a, a church thing. It's a principle He's talking about a natural law principle, the natural law principle of abundance, okay? There's abundance. Any type of lack is, an, is artificially induced. Lack and limitation is an illusion, is an illusion. It's an illusion. It's not, it's, that's an artificial construct. Hey, they make you think we ain't got no water. How can you make you think you got a water shortage and 70% of the planet is water? I feel like, you know, especially the public says that they talk about their public system, which, you know, constitutes what they do in their, in, within their system. I don't, I don't feel like. Really, okay, that, we already know about the uh, CAFR report. You know about the CAFR report, right? Yeah, the CAFR report, yep. Okay, annual um, report, okay. You know how it works, right? It's like they, they tell you about the budget. They say, we ain't got enough money, okay? But what it is is, they haven't budgeted for certain things. They got plenty of money. They just don't, they only put a certain amount of money in the budget. All right. So if they got a billion dollars and they said, we got a $200 million budget and they say, okay, we need to budget for a new arena. Well, that ain't in our budget. They're telling the truth. We don't have enough money for that. They're telling the truth. They don't have enough money for it because the budget don't say it. It don't mean they don't have no money. They got plenty of money. They, you know why they got plenty of money? Because there ain't no money. Everything's running off of credit. How can there be a shortage of money when we were operating off debt currency? Bonds. Promises to pay. I'll wait. I'll wait. I think that's, that that's that's why it's uh, important for people to understand the differences of certain asset classes. You have asset classes that have um, actual value or what is known as intrinsic value. The value is in the commodity or the the, the item itself, and you have you know um, that's true. asset classes that are you know paper paper commodity commercial paper, you know that have no intrinsic value. Now I'm not, think, um, I'm not discounting what you're saying about like gold, silver, trading commodities and things. All that is well and dandy. What I'm saying is, you know, it's like they always are trying to induce some sort of fear in you. It's like I'm talking about fear. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Whatever you want to get involved in to make money, whether it be gold, silver, commodities, real estate, it's going to be there. It ain't going nowhere. 
If money keeps moving, money moves just like money follows the same principle as electricity. Electricity, water, and money. That's why they call it currency. It's a current. They all follow the same principle. They all keep moving. It all keeps moving. It's like, I don't know if you're watching this movie, Doom. You know, the spice must flow. You know, that's why they give you a charge. They give you a charge because you're interrupting the flow of commerce. If you stop the flow, you try to hoard money. Don't report it. Hide it. You're interrupting the flow of commerce, and we're going to shock you. We're going to give you a charge. You don't have to worry about those things. That's my only message on that. That like get rid of the fear, get the fear out of your mind, and just go on and do whatever it is that you're going to do with the knowledge that it's everything is there. And you know what? A good book with, for people to read. I'm gonna give y'all a book to read to get your mind right. It's called The Science of Getting Rich by uh, Waddle, Wallace Waddle. The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddle. It will get your mind right on that because the powers that be like to put out that narrative. That, oh, there's an impending doom that we all need to prepare ourselves for. And it's like, no, we don't need to prepare ourselves for any impending doom. What they're doing is they're shaping your paradigm. They're getting everybody to, to vibrate at a certain level, a level of fear. And that vibratory frequency creates a, um, like, a, uh, like a cage that everybody's trapped in. But you got to free yourself from that. You got to allow yourself to think outside the box. You got to allow yourself free thought. You got to allow yourself to think for yourself. Don't allow somebody else to control your thinking for you. Because you have the power over all things. You got to know that. You have to know that. You have to believe that. And that's why I started off the show with the ultimate remedy is the mind. Y'all hear me? I've been talking about this since day one. Okay, yeah, we can talk about you know, trading, we could talk about UCC1, security agreements, indenture agreements, trust, uh, uh, trust certificates, and things like that coming together and investing and all that. But at the end of the day, all those things are going to happen because you can only be that, you, can, you have to be that what you wish, wish to become. You can't have none of those things if you're not vibrating on that frequency. You can't, I think, you, can't I think you mentioned it. I think you uh oh, yeah. I I think you hit it right on the head when you said um fear. And you know, I know a lot of a lot of people are stuck in, you know, the public with the with the fiat notes and stuff. I you know, I'm just trying to attempt to make a distinction. You know, I one of the things um when I bring up gold and silver and intrinsic value and stuff is is really with regards to savings. And a lot of us are, you know, may have um, 401k plans or IRAs. A lot of that is, you know, the, the, is denominated in paper assets in the stock market that in, in, is denominated in U.S. dollars. And if, you know, the dollar goes down, the stock market goes down, like in the last recession, people lost like 40 to 50% of their retirement and stuff like that. And I just want to point out that anything denominated in the dollars is depreciating because dollars um, are depreciating. And you can look at the Fed, yeah. the Federal Open Market Committee, they push for 2% inflation on the year, I mean, per year in the currency, which means 2% inflation, the other side of the cord is deflation. And a basket of goods that cost $100 10 years ago now costs 150 for the same goods. So I just want to point out that when we look at intrinsic value, that it's very important to understand that the, the currency is deflating. And if you're going to save, please don't save in paper-denominated assets. 
paper currencies, understand the difference with, you know, between intrinsic and non-intrinsic, and save in real money, just save in gold and silver. And if you have an IRA or a Roth IRA, you can see if you can self-direct it, and you can actually, actually purchase gold and silver and hold that in your IRA or your 401k, even if you can't get out. A lot, of, a lot of our people are stuck in the system. So I'm just trying to, you know, help dissipate the fear, and with less and fear, you can make right. more moves. So okay, it's like, I want to um, say this. I want to say this. I'm not trying to uh, give the impression that you shouldn't do something. You have to, once you get rid of the fear, you have to do something. You have to take action. And taking action would be, one form of action would be doing what you're talking about. Getting, and I know for a fact, y'all, this man gets silver and gold. Okay, I know it for a fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This man right here, you know, he does what he's talking about. He does what he's talking about. And he's absolutely correct. Um, but, you know, I would say that you could have it in other liquidable assets, like, you know, real estate, you know. Uh, listening to you talk, do you know the story of Adolf Hitler, what happened in Nazi Ger- in Germany? Do you know what happened in Germany in uh, 19, uh, 1914 and 1933? I know, the, I know the contemporary, you know, what they were contemporary speaking about, you know, as far as what okay. was taught in the schools and stuff. All right, let me let me tell you what happened because it's it's relevant to what you were just talking about. Um, we're talking about hyperinflation, okay, and the depreciation of the dollar, right? Yeah, right. Well, you know, okay. not necessarily hyperinflation, but how the Federal Open Market Committee, which is the Board of Trustees for the Federal Reserve, how their policy is to inflate the currency two percent per year. It's in the public. Okay, and how that, what that means that. actually is it's it deflates the currency. So over time, if you're saving in dollars, you're saving yourself into poverty is what I'm trying to illustrate. I got you. We are saving in dollars and saving in dollar-denominated assets. We are saving ourselves into poverty. And you know what? what That's that's so beautifully stated, and it has so much common sense in it. You'd have to be a damn fool to argue with that. You are 100% correct. You know, saving your money in dollars is a waste of time. You have to put it in some asset. Okay, some type of asset, and probably a safe asset. Me, I like real estate. You like gold and silver, you know. Well, I just think silver gold and silver. Silver is like fourteen dollars, fourteen fifty an ounce around right now. I just think it's more attainable, broadly speaking, for you know the audience, and ver- versus right. there's probably a smaller percentage of the listeners that would have the assets or the wherewithal or even the position, credit wise or monetary wise to actually go out like tomorrow or next week and get into real estate where that's absolutely, you're absolutely right. Cause there's no, you're land, right. Too, it, it, you're you know, right. You know, I just think it's easier to get into you. It's easier to walk into a, like a pawn shop or a coin dealer or whatever and hand them $20 and get an ounce of silver and walk out and do that consistently and be dedicated to that while you're working your money up to get your real estate together and stuff like that. I think that's very feasible. You know, and I'm, you know, I want to hit all levels. Like I said, people are in degrees and stuff. So I, I try, I try to hit as many people okay, so in the audience on their different levels as possible. You know, so I'm just trying okay. to, I'm not trying to take away from what you're saying. I'm just trying no, to, you know, know maybe on the first. I know you're not. I know you're not. I'm not trying to take away from what you're saying either. I think what we're both saying is, is that money, that cash, U.S. dollars, is a tool that you have to put it to work in some kind of capacity. All right, you have to convert it into something else. And which I'm all for that. You know, I don't believe in saving money. Not, I mean, like, hold, not saving it in a bank. I like, you have to put it into something. I just said you had to keep it moving. 
whether you're going to invest it in something uh, like some, you know, some asset like gold and silver, okay, that's going to appreciate in value or real estate or whatever it is. It needs to be converted into something. Money is a tool. I just look at these dollars as a tool. It's like a tool. And you do want to convert it. And, and you know, that's something that you have to work to get out of yourself. Um, that, now nah, you ain't supposed to say, hey, save this money in the bank. That's the worst place in the world to put money is in the bank. I know that from dealing with investors. It's like, no, no investor want to keep their money in the bank. Everybody, every investor is looking for an investment. Somewhere to put the money in something that's going to increase in value. And I agree with you 100% gold is because you sat down and explained the gold and silver thing to me, and I thought it was ingenious. <laughs> I said, man, that is a way to, to, that can create generational wealth if you teach people how to do it. Have you taught, have you, have yeah. you did a webinar or something on that, man? You know, on teaching people how to do that? You know what you're talking about? I just really, I really just, I really just teach trustees, but I haven't thought about doing webinar, you know, but I think it's, I think that's a good idea. You know, I, I didn't think about that. Um, I just, you know, there's multiple, multiple pathways. I mean, multiple streams of income is a pathway to wealth. So I think of, you know, when you think of my, when I think of a private estate, I think, you know, um, income producing assets and such as maybe a business trust or a real estate investment trust or whatever you're doing, as well as like a family bank. And I think the, the right. whole goal that we should be getting to is that if anyone in our family needs a loan, they don't need to go to conventional, you know, banks or credit unions to get a loan to finance that that family is able to put the, the loan for, you know what I mean? So I think like that, if you're going to save, like we should save a little bit, you know, some people say 10%, 15%, whatever, it's everybody else. But, you know, if you're going to save, I look at it like when I'm saving, I'm not saving, actually the trust is saving and that's actually corpus or property of the trust. But it acts as, you know, the family bank, including, you know, um, whole life insurance policies with the cash value and stuff, which we talked about that as well. But um, I'm talking about more specific avenues that, you know, people can start thinking about right now, including real estate. Because, like I said, real estate, you know, uh, there's more land being created, but it's slowly through volcanic eruption. But there's, there's erosion. There's um, there's uh you know, the the sea levels are rising. So I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know how oh, fast man, land you know, is created and how no land. Be, you know what I mean? Like land is not it's, it's not if it ain't if it, if it ain't multiply. no land, ain't gonna be no gold and silver, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm saying so, you know if, if but the that's land just one of gold that's silver, one of the avenues. That's one right, of the avenues, right. you know, um you know, if you just want to, I want to give people, because most people are used to thinking one single job, I got a, one single mortgage, I got one singular, and I want people to start thinking in, in multiples, you know. Um, right, you want to have multiple streams of income, you do, you know, you want to have multiple streams of income. Uh, I agree with you 100%. I know, I know for a fact what you're saying is something that, yeah, it probably would be more accessible uh, to some individuals depending on your knowledge level, you know, if you know about real estate, real estate is easy to get into. You can get into real estate with no money. You know, when I first did it, I didn't have any money. I spent $35 on my first deal, made $5,000 flipping a house, you know? So you Mm -hmm. can, you can make money, you know, doing things. All right. There are ways of doing it. It just depends on your, um, your level of, uh, first of all, how, how dedicated and how persistent you are, you're willing to be. You know, you got to be focused. The average, what I feel like why people are themselves, the average person is not willing to invest in himself. People are lazy. 
and they won't dedicate themselves. They just spend too much time bullshitting other things. They won't sit down and read a book or watch a video or something for two hours. Something's going to educate them or make an investment in themselves like that. That's what I see. I think there's plenty of things out here for people to do to get involved in. It's 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 you live think, in the information age. You know, it's the information think, age. Uh, true. I think the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of us don't see we don't have self value. We don't value yourself ourselves. And I think that's one of the biggest things we gotta, you know, um start working on is, is self value and, you know, um really um taking stock in and uh, taking tally of the things that, you know, um, we are able to do and the things that we deserve if we work hard enough for it in the right way. And I think, you know, I'm more focused on land because I want us to control our communities. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, that's where I know where you're coming from, your, your mindset. My mindset is, I feel like, I, you know, a lot of things that's attacking our people is we got, police officers patrolling our neighborhoods that don't have our best interests at, at heart, um, sheriff deputies and things. I'm thinking we had our own communities and we put our security force in our communities and everything, you know, that would reduce the prison population and a lot of other things, a lot of pressure that people have. At the community trust, as you're talking about, we buy our own properties. We're going to make payments. We make payments to our community bank. You know, when I was in Los Angeles, that's what the Orientals do, you know, what the Koreans and the, uh, uh, and the Chinese do. When you go down there into their community, they got a Korean bank. They got a Chinese bank right there in downtown. I walk into Little China and everything, everything in there is Chinese. They don't, they Starbucks, it looks just like Starbucks, but it's a Chinese Starbucks, you know what I'm saying? They just made it look like Starbucks. The nail salon, all Chinese. You know, the barbershop, all Chinese. Um, the uh the everything in their area is Chinese for their people and everything. So I've studied other groups of individuals and yeah, that's what they're doing. It's like they 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 put together trust. I was in Hawaii. They got a community trust. The uh the Jap- Japanese got a business trust. They got their trustees and they building stuff out there. Hell, Waikiki look like damn Japan when you were out there looking at it. And I pay attention to the construction sites and the trust that they are using to create all of that stuff with. I agree. We have to learn how to use trust, okay? We have Because we have to learn how to um, aggregate our capital, pool our resources together, and start focusing our efforts through, uh, the, uh, uh, through trustees who are confident enough in each of their endeavors and everything. We got to start doing that. You got to start investing. That's why I'm you know, I'm trying to organize it. It's, it's tough for one man to do it. Now you're trying to do it, obviously, and everything. But a lot of this stuff centers around trust. And people yes. stop acting in an independent manner and learn how to act, uh, uh, operate together as a collective. I agree 100%. And I think, um, I mean, trust forces you to do that. Like, let's say, uh, you know, um, and then I wanted to touch on that insurance thing we were talking about in the car. But, right. but here's the deal. Let's let's say I have a life insurance policy that pays out, and the beneficiary is the trust, and the trustees are my children, and I, you know, I pass. Life insurance is dispersed in the trust. It goes into the trust account. Um, to me, that's a unifying situation. In that situation specifically, the the trustees, which are my children, my heirs, they have to work together to administer the trust to get their hands or even control of that death benefit, whereas without 
a life insurance policy without being organized in trust, contractual trust. You go through probate. They each get their piece, go their own way, and that's not a unifying type system. You got to understand what systems we're dealing with and the optional systems that you have to deal with. The private system is more of a unification or unifying system, and the public system is a contradistinction or the opposite, the, the obverse. It more is an individual uh, creating system. I want you to be individual, but all the same, but still individual. That's what Shirley Easterby, she was talking about that. It was dumbs you down is what it is. They want you to just follow orders and just do. They want you dependent on government. They want you dependent on government, man. They want you dependent on government. That's what I see. You know, yes. that's what it is. They want you dependent on the public and the public. And when you understand business, it's, it's a business wants more and more customers all the time. And they're, they're, a business is going to continue to do marketing and, and take advantage of certain avenues and whatnot to achieve more and more customers. And, you know, the public is a business. It's a business. <laughs> it's just a straight up so, here. I tell people all the time, you don't think it's a business, just go downtown, sit and just sit down and just look around. Just sit down and meditate. Go downtown and just look around and meditate. And think about any building. You don't think it's a business. <laughs> any any building flying that United States flag or that so-called United States flag is an insular, insular possession of the United States. Any building. That's correct. United States is everywhere. It's overlaid. I'm telling you. So, I mean, it's just something people to pay attention to. People forgot how to live on farms and grow their own food. You know, that started back when uh, Carnegie... You know, the steel magnet was, you know, he started uh, in the early 1900s, you know, he started building these cities and everybody started flocking to the cities. You know, that's what, you know, that's what, you know, people think it's cool. Like here in Atlanta, you know, people think it's cool to live downtown, you know, in, uh, or especially like places I go to like Philadelphia and New York. And I'd be like, man, how the hell y'all live crowded like this, man? How the hell y'all live in cities crowded like this, man? I'm like, how, how you do it? You know, but, you know, they, they've been used to it. They used to it. They don't want no whole bunch of land and you know some room. I'm like, you don't want a room and everything. You ain't got no room. You are stacked on top of each other. You don't have to live like this. You choose to live that like was, this because you love the devil because he gives you nothing. I mean, but that was engineered partially. Um, like I said, it's a business. Uh, there were companies, and I studied, you know, Freud, and I studied his nephew, Edward Bernays, who was very, very instrumental in helping corporations understanding the psychology of the mob. The, these companies yeah. were sending out um, representatives, like, uh, for pancake mix and stuff like that to the farms and trying to um, solicit them, the mothers, to buy the pancake mix. It's easier. Here, you do this. You don't have to do this. You have more time with your children and stuff like that. And, like, this was... This, this was like a marketing tactic. And then I remember they came, the company, I can't remember what company it was, Betty Crocker or whatever, went to Edward Bernays and were like, you know, we're, we're doing research and our customers, you know, um, wives and, and homemakers or cooks or whatever, they're feeling guilty because they're used to putting so much work into food and now the pancake mix is really easy. So how do we remedy this situation? So they hired Edward Bernays and he told them, was like, okay, so have them put an egg in it. And I'm serious. They they put it on the directions to put an egg in the pancake batter, and the sales went through the roof. 
So I just want to also say there's two sides of every coin, and, you know, part of that was engineered by the public to get more customers, pancake mix customers, Similac, you know, these formula customers, all this other stuff. So I want you to do for me. Do you know that? Do you know the nationality of Sigmund Freud? Uh, Sigmund Freud was Jewish. He's a Jew. All right. Now I want yeah. you to start paying attention to the nationality of all these people. I right, that had played some kind of part in taking us to where we are today. And what you're going to find is the overwhelming majority of them are Jewish. I'm, mean, you know, I'm, I, you know, it's like, I'm going to sound like something. They're going to start claiming I'm some sort of anti-Semitic, but it's not being anti-Semitic. It's just a fact. It's something that can be proven beyond a shadow, a shadow of a doubt. And I, I bring that up to say you said it was a plan, and I'm, and I am agreeing with you. It is a plan, and you need to start paying attention to who the people are who are planning things against you, and where, and where they're trying to take you, and what they think about you, how they view you, how they view you. And yeah, Yusuf. I mean, I've been, I've been actually, I've heard, I've overheard. I was overseas, but I overheard what I believe was an individual referring to me as a goy. Yes, a goy. A goy is a person. It may mean non-Jew, but actually, a goy really means someone who's not under the law. Okay, but that be that's it means non-Jew. But it really means somebody not under the law, all right? When you're under the law, okay, because you a goy, you're a heathen, all right? You lawless, and that is why when you look at the Christians, okay, the Christians, when you really look at what they're being taught in their uh, in their um, in their religion, they're being taught a goy type of doctrine because they think that they going, you know, they think they going, they say, "I'm the Jews, they're the chosen people, you better watch what you say about them." You know, I've heard people say, man, what did you just say? I'm like, yo, those are God's chosen people. You know, you got people out there who think that. You got people out there who uh, think that. They I think mean, I told that. you. You know, I they told think you that privately. way. <laughs> in, my, you know, in my business, in, in, the upper, in the upper levels of music and entertainment, there's a lot of those Jews, and I saw a lot of them with the curls coming down the sides of their face. There's a lot of them that run a lot of stuff in entertainment. I can say that for a fact. They run everything. They run everything. All you got to do, you can get on the internet and just put out there um, uh, the top businesses operated by Jews and everything. You can see they own almost all the industries. They uh, and that goes back to where Hitler. I'm gonna tell this story, then we can take some calls because that that's what I was telling you. I brought up Hitler. What I asked you about Germany because you said the Federal Reserve is is periodically raising the interest rate two percent. You said something like that. The key, what you nah, said, the Federal Reserve. They um they push. They're, they're in their um, mandate. They want to inflate the currency by two percent year over year. Okay, well, they say whatever. It's in plain English. That's what they say. Okay, okay, whatever. My 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 point is, we're talking about the Federal Reserve. So my next question is, we right. all know who the Federal Reserve is. It's a central bank. It's not a governmental entity. Right? It's a private bank right? that is in control of the monetary system in the country. Okay, so mm-hmm. what? Let, let's look at something. We, got, we have a model of what would happen if you get rid of the central bank with Andrew Jackson. He, he, got, he got rid of it. And the only other person, I think, in history who was able to accomplish it was Adolf Hitler. 
okay? I don't think a lot of people understand this, and that's why I'm going to tell this short story. Adolf Hitler in 1914 fought in World War I. He was an officer, okay, in the military. He was a highly decorated officer, and he was a war hero. What happened in World War I is that Great Britain and France attacked Germany. Why did they attack Germany? Because Great Britain and France were involved in speculation, what you call the stock market. Nazi Germany, I hate to call it Nazi Germany, I just call it Germany, they were involved in uh, actual investing their people, goods and services, the gross national product. They were manufacturing, okay? And they were becoming a powerhouse, and they were becoming a threat to Great Britain and France. So they decided to attack them. Now, you got to understand, these both Christian countries, I'd throw that out there. All right, Germany is a Christian country. All right, Great Britain was a Christian country. I guess France is. Is France Christian? And they're Catholic in France? You know, you've been in France, right? You've been to France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're predominantly Christian, yep. Predominantly Christian, okay. All right, so you got these Christian countries. So when they attacked, Germany had created the U-boat, which is affectionately known as a submarine, and destroyed them before they even reached Germany, okay? They came, Germany came to Great Britain, which is Winston Churchill, and the France, that France had, they, they had turned and retreated and offered them terms of surrender, and Winston Churchill was going to have to take it. Okay, well, Churchill gets a phone call from a German citizen, okay, Kuhnenloeb Bank in Germany, Rothschild owned, okay, and contacted him and said, look, do not surrender. Okay, he said, I tell you what, if y'all give us Palestine, we will help you win the war. It's called the Balfour Declaration, okay? It's on the internet. Anybody can read it. All you got to know is know the document exists, and you go find it and read it for yourself. So this is why I'm putting all this out, because nobody seems to be told why Hitler was mad at the Jews. They just kind of give you the impression that he just woke up one day as an anti-Semitic and started throwing people into ovens. And let me address that also about throwing into the ovens and the six million Jews who were allegedly killed, because they will get all upset you start talking about that. But I, we're going to look at the numbers. Okay, so Hitler, he, find, he called it the Great Backstab. A lot of Jews will say, well, this is a myth. Uh, it's not true and all of that. You know, they're going to they're gonna say that, all right? Even though we got evidence of these plans all over the place. All right, so he is upset about it. He was a patriot. So he get together. He gets thrown in jail. He goes through a lot of stuff before he becomes like president of Germany, all right? But he forms his own party. They had a party like, we got Republicans and Democrats. He knew both of those parties were controlled by the Jews. So he didn't come in under that. He said, I'm going to create my own political party. He chose the swastika, which is the four winds, which is a spiritual symbol. They got it on the forehead of Buddhas and all of that right there. It's not an evil symbol. They made it into an evil symbol. It's not. Okay, it's a spiritual symbol. He was involved in the occult, full society, Helena Blavatsky, if you want to. That's a whole other subject we can talk about, the things that he was involved in. But the point was, 
He loved his country. He came in, I think about two weeks after he was elected, he's overwhelming landslide. And let's talk about what was happening in Germany at the time. The Jews, there was only 500,000 Jews in Germany. There was 60 million people in Germany. The Jews were in control of the court system, the judicial system. They were in control of the media, okay? They start, they're the ones that instituted pornography. If you look here in this country, 100% of the porn business is run by Jews. All them guys are Jews, okay? They were, they were introducing that. They were, uh, they uh, had control, they were foreclosing on people's homes. They had the banking system on lock. They had the media system on lock. They had all that. They were, uh, there was, they were, high, it was hyperinflation, okay? They were putting people out of work and doing all of that, okay? So Hitler came in. You, Germany went from one of the top countries in the world to one of the worst. He came in, and two weeks after he got elected, he, he declared martial law, became a dictator, and seized all the assets from the Jews, the banks, the media, and everything. And he said, y'all want Palestine? Remember that? Y'all wanted Palestine? Pack your bags. He packed their bags. He didn't throw nobody in no oven. Sent them to Palestine. Gave them their money and everything. And didn't kill not nobody. Okay, the killing started a little late on. There was some killing. Hey, but it was a little late on. It wasn't at this point. He was put as the man of the year on Time Magazine three times. A Jewish publication. Google it. Go to Google Images right now and see if I'm if I'm lying. Okay, uh, there's a lot of propaganda and misinformation that is being put out intentionally, okay, from people and everything. And the whole point, what he did was he got rid of the central bank. And when he got rid of that central bank, Germany became prosperous. He built the Autobahn. He put all his people to work. And then they started attacking him. They started attacking him in Poland, all these different Czechoslovakia, started attacking their people. And it forced him into a war. He didn't want to go to war. He got speeches. He's telling you, I want to go to war. It took 500,000 people and held him captive and everything. And he's been painted as the devil. But I'm looking at it. You read me and Cough and all these books, you know, okay. And they say, well, you know, he say, no, he's talking about them banks. He's talking about them central banks. They always show you on him on TV like, he making these speeches where he got his hand up in there and he looks angry. But they don't ever let you see what he's talking about. Go find out what he was saying in those speeches. I'm just putting out there. To, you know, I'm just putting out. Because, and now, why am I saying that? I'm saying that to say that same thing that was going on over there is going over here right now. I've done the research. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking out the side of my neck. I went and studied who's in control of uh, the, the, the federal government judicial system. We got three damn Jews as Supreme Court justices. Merrick Garland was nominated by Barack Obama. That woman made number four. They're trying to stack the Supreme Court because they're going to take y'all guns. They're going to take all y'all guns. All right? Trump blocked it and put in this white guy because Another thing people got misconceived, Jews don't consider themselves white people. They don't consider themselves white people. They can, they call themselves white, but they don't consider themselves white people. Listen to Rabbi Finkelstein. That video with Rabbi, and, and this is another thing I do. I only use they resources. 
because I'm always cognizant about somebody calling me anti-Semitic. So what I do, I say, look, you want to try to call me anti-Semitic? I'm going to play your people saying all of this stuff. So you don't put it on me. I'm going to play the video and let you look at your people, let them say all of this stuff. And you read it everywhere. And it's something that gets people afraid to talk about. It's what it's about fear. You know, we talk about our problems and everything. And let me tell you something. I admire, I admire the Zionists. This ain't all Jews. Let me, let me clarify something. We're not talking about Jews. We're talking about Zionists, really, is what we're talking about. Because not all Jews are evil or anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it seem like all Jews are evil, making some sweep, sweeping generalization. I'm talking about the Zionists. But I'm going to tell you, I admire them. I don't hate them because the thing about it is they do – they ain't put nobody hand behind their back, twisted their back to getting control of stuff. They acted together as a people. You know what I'm saying? They came together, they unified, and made it happen. And I don't have nothing against any of them for that. I think I study them because I'm saying, well, damn, why can't we do that? Why aren't we doing that as a people? I don't get mad at the Jews and everything like that. I look at what they do. I'm like, because they ain't, they ain't put no gun in nobody's head. They ain't robbed nobody. They just did business, and they stick together like a motherfucker. Um, last but not least, let's, um, let's, let's jump. I, you know, hey, man, I agree. They, they handle their business. They stick together. Um, they, don't, they, don't, they don't really finance outside of their families for houses and cars and properties and stuff like that. That's why they mad at Hitler. They mad at Hitler because I understand what they're saying. They feel like, well, what do we do? You know, and I could understand, but what it was is you had a small, um, a small representation of people in control of everything. That same thing is going on in the United States. The same thing going on in the United. You got a small group of people controlling everything. They control your judicial system. Okay, your judicial system. The statutes that are being passed is to pay back the national debt. I. That's why they pass the statute. They pass the statute because it's going to create revenue. And that revenue is going to go to pay back the national debt. And the national debt is being paid back to these Jews. Let's get to, let's get to the brass tacks of all of this. Let's don't talk about it on the surface. We have to know from beginning to end what's going on. So we can learn how to address it and understand what you need to do as a people. Yeah, you need to get you some gold. You need to do everything you can to pull yourself out the system because this ain't designed to benefit you. You better learn how to operate business and do things like that. And I can't stand a cast me, you don't need to do business. What? Business is a subset of nature. All inter-exchange between people is commerce. What are you talking about? And that's why we teach you how to do it on the private side. Use a common law trust. Conduct your business under your right to contract. Okay, before we go to the phone line, I wanted to uh, remember we was in the, we was in the car, and I was telling you about the life insurance and the police shootings. Right. So I just wanted to touch on that. I know I'm kind of all over on this show, y'all, and I apologize, but, you know, I want I want to pose a question, and this is the same question I asked Houston, and 
man, I wish I would have took a picture of the, the, the face you gave, the, the look you gave me, you know what I'm saying? But um, uh, I want to pose a question, and it's rhetorical, you know, um, but it's like we have a what well, appears to be some sort of epidemic of, you know, the police brutalities on our people and shootings and stuff like that. And um, we all know who study commerce that, you know, everybody in the public needs to be bonded. And most of the time that's at the municipality. And if you understand what a bond is, an insurance, so it's some sort of public company, you know, some sort of public insurance company that's insurance these, insuring these municipalities and stuff. So bottom line is what I want you all to think about as a question. Um, if just half of our people, young people, especially our people between the ages of 15 and let's say 30, you can go up as much as a 45 or 50 if you want, but if I just half of our people, maybe not even that, has some sort of life insurance policy, how much of these, you know, shootings and brutalities do you think that the police would allow to be doing if the insurance companies that are also insuring municipalities are having to pay out death benefits um, to, quote, citizens that have been uh, killed or murdered by police officers. Because, you know, when they do the death disbursement, they do a heavy investigation because these insurance companies would rather not pay out this money. They'd rather keep it. So I, I wonder how long these municipalities and these police stations, and I've, you know, I've read a lot of articles and different news sources of police stations being shut down because they couldn't be insured. One, this one city didn't have a police station, a police force for like six to nine months due to insurance. Um, insurance is another major key component to wealthy families that is overlooked by those of us in the public who do not come from informed families. We come from uninformed families. So I just want you to look into, look into life insurance and think about how many of us would be getting shot by police if at least a nice fraction of us had some sort of life insurance. Allegedly, you know, there used to be this website that talked about it, that everybody was insured about $10 million, which would make sense, um, which would make sense because you are an asset to the government. Uh, Every individual, every, every U S citizen is an asset because they pledged you. They pledged your labor. They're an asset. So it would make sure it would make sense for them to insure it, insure the asset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to think, okay, what is your, what is your, um, you know, your value, you know, it's something about these social security cards. They give you 10 of them, your lifetime birth certificates, 10 of them a lifetime. At least that's what I was told. I was told they only give you, you know, in Texas, that's what they told me. I, I'm, but I got this from vital statistics. And um, it seems like if you, if you think about the minimum wage, if everybody has a minimum value, okay, if you multiply that over a lifetime, what does that come out to be? If you just work, if you work, you know, your whole entire working life, let's say forty-five years, and only made minimum wage and work eight hours a day. How much would that be? How much would that be? And can somebody pledge that amount, you know, and insure and it. get a loan for it and insure it? Makes sense. Insure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, why wouldn't you do that? If if this if this uh, component does not last its entire life cycle, I want some sort of warranty or insurance. That it doesn't mess up my entire system or my entire business that I got going on here. I mean, yeah, it makes, makes complete sense. One hundred percent. And, You're absolutely and right. then why why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you get rid of the people who aren't helping pay back, who aren't doing their fair share of paying back the debt? Now I didn't pledge this individual, 
he out hustling. He ain't got no job. He ain't paying no income taxes, anything like that. You know, he's not going to arrest him and put him on a labor force in prison, or I'm going to just take him on out. And collect the insurance money. Wouldn't that make sense? Because you stand, you stand to make more money from the insurance claim than you do from the overall lifetime of that so-called product or property. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm, it's it's all insurance problem. People, people burn businesses and their properties down all the time. They cut insurance money. Now, let me just say this. Now, that sounds like speculation, but wouldn't that make sense? Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that seem like that would be the only way to do that? You know, first create a club for yourself, call it the U.S. government, and then get my members all uh, membership cards called Social Security cards, and then call them all U.S. citizens, y'all members of the club, and y'all all have pledged to help me pay back the national debt. As a matter of fact, one of the bylaws of your membership is the national debt shall not be questioned. That's in Question. the 14th Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's in the fourteenth. That's in the fourteenth amendment. So we got the bylaws of the club and everything. So you in the club, okay? I I got all the members. I gave all y'all membership cards and everything. Y'all all agreed to pay back the debt. Now some of y'all don't want to, you know, you, when you fill out the application, promise you don't want to do your fair share. What am I going to do with you? What am I going to do with you? What am I going to do? And I tell the story all the time. You know, like when I caught that case, okay. I had an attorney. I had a high-powered attorney. I had one of the top attorneys, Spencer. I'm in his office. I'm like, say, man, uh, can I pay these people to get out of this? You know, my, I didn't know nothing. This is back when I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing. And I said, say, man, can I pay somebody to get out of this? He lays a no, 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 no. I can't pay the U.S. government, Joe. No, you can't pay them. He said, look, look, I'm going to give you some advice. Pay your taxes. I said, man, what are you talking about? I'm a hustler. I hustle, nigga. I don't have no job. I hear nothing like that. I don't pay income taxes. I hustle. Pay your taxes. Why do you think all of those people used to hustle and they would get out of hustling and start businesses? You think it was just to legitimize themselves? Everything is about taxes. And you better learn what a tax is, because a lot of y'all think you know what a tax is. A tax don't have to be paid with money. A tax can be paid with labor. You better educate yourself on what a tax is. You need to pull out them Black Law dictionaries and study that word. Study that word charge, too. See, these are the words. You asked me in the last show, what did I do? I started, when I told you I looked up words, I started with all the basic words that I thought I knew the meaning of. Like the word charge. The word tax. You know, I started out with words like that. Public. Private. Contract. Trust. I started with all those words. And a lot of them tripped me out. Because that's one of the, one of the first thing I learned in this game you think you know the meaning of the word. You don't. You think you know what a charge is. You don't. You think you know what a tax is. You don't. Or or, or cost. The word cost. Cost. You looked that up, like too. That. You know what I'm saying? I, all those words I looked up. I started with those. I started with basic words 
that you hear every day. Because the first thing that was told to me is you think these words mean what they mean in everyday parlance. They don't. Just like, you know, when you're a child, we learn words first, and then we start creating sentences, and, you know, then we start comprehending the words and the sentences and what they mean and stuff. We got to, you know, it's like any language. You got to start with the words. Start with the words. Let's go to the phone lines, man. People waiting. They want to talk to me. Go to the phone lines. Let me phone right, you want quick. me to do it? You want me to do it? Yeah, you can drive. You can drive. Go ahead. All right. Okay. So let's go to... Let me see. Let me see. Where are we going to start? I want to be fair. So let's do, let's start off with this 717. No, I'm sorry. 917. 917-6069. Yeah. Open Peace. Up. Peace. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Peace. I'm from uh, New York. My name is Moses. And I, I just want to say... Uh, to Yusuf, um, thank you for everything that you do. I mean, just watching some of your videos from YouTube and the things that you say, um, I learned so much and did my own background and studying and finding out a lot of things. But one thing, I just want to share a quick story of something that happened to me this morning. Now, you posted, uh, you did a video, the one with the passport, how you do the passport, and a lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it's not yeah. true. So I'm here Thank to you. give a testimony to tell you how true it is. So All this right. morning I was traveling to Baltimore. I had to go to Baltimore for, uh, I had a contract that I had to do in Baltimore for my own business on some property that I was buying. And I took some money out. I forgot my Metro card, so I took some money out, the bank, and I could not get into the subway because all the machines was down. It wasn't working, so I ended up jumping the turnstile so I wouldn't be late. Three cops ran up on me. It was like, hey, come here. I'm like, how can I help you, sir? He said, you just jumped the turnstile. I said, you're right, I did. He said, can I have, do you got an ID? I gave him my passport. As instructed, I don't carry any ID. I gave him my passport. So he looks me up in the phone. The sar- He passes the phone to the sergeant. I see my picture. He passes to the sergeant. looks at me in the phone. He don't look at me. He gives me his back. So the other police officer, like, it's like he's sweating. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he sweating? He's looking at the phone, and he's looking at the phone, and he's looking at me. Like, he had this disbelief look in his face. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So he said, turn off the cameras. So I'm thinking they're going to cuff me. So he's like, turn off the cameras, whatever. They turned off the cameras and everything. And he said, you ready for this? So sure. He said, you got a warrant. You got a bench warrant. They put it out on you since 412, which is April right. 12th of this year. I said, okay, um... I didn't realize I had a warrant. He said, well, sir, I think you should go. I would suggest that, you know, you take care of your warrant. Gave me my passport, folded it up, told me to have a good day. I never got a summons to jump in the turnstile, which they give you. 
and they never locked me up for the warrant. And he showed me the warrant in the phone. It says bench warrant, and I was never taken in. Let, let me let me let me say something, man. Cause I, I'm, I'm I'm I gotta say I gotta say this. First, there's a lot of things I don't talk about over the air. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you why. I don't say a lot of things because my number one thing is I don't want people getting arrested. And what I mean by that, I'm meaning that I don't want people going out there trying shit because, uh, you know, it'll get, you know, it's like if you ain't, if you ain't, your mind ain't solid in this, if you ain't ready to stand up for what you believe, you know, I just don't feel like you, you should be done it. Now, what you just talked about has happened to me. It's happened to the other people I know. And this is why. Um, no matter how much they say, well, that doesn't work this, let me tell you, there's a Roman maxim of law. He who can be deceived, let him. If you're going to let just a thing, like they got something they're saying right now with the right to travel. The government has a right to issue driver's license to regulate traffic. And I tell them, everything you just said is correct. But everything you just said is a commercial term. They be playing these mind games, and it's, this is what frustrates me about all of this because it's like, look, man, the government don't have no jurisdiction over nothing private, okay? Once you understand what their jurisdiction is, you understand how to protect yourself, and it's all commercial. It don't matter what they say, and I'm not just saying that because somebody told me that. I'm saying that because I didn't, everywhere I look, in the law books, that's what I see, and the only time mm. you don't see it is when somebody tried to twist it around into something else. And I'm going to start hitting them with videos on that. Because there's information out there that tell you straight up what it is. Straight up what it is. And that is what you're battling with. So I thank you for that, my brother. I get I get calls like that all the time. One thing about me is I'm not the kind of person bring people on the show and parade them in front of everybody and try to convince y'all. Because it's like, look, I'm going to tell you what it is. You can believe me, you don't believe me. I don't need no damn testimonials or nothing like that. I'm depending on people's innate sense of being able to hear the truth and discern the truth for themselves. Right? Because if you're yeah. able to do that, then you're the type of person that can do this type of information. I shouldn't be happen, having to convince you of a motherfucking thing. It should just naturally come to you. You should be able to see it for your damn self. Right. Right. I mean, when it when it happened, you said, all I could do was give God the glory. Like, I gave God the glory because, like you said, when it comes to a lot of these things, even with negotiable instruments and all these things, you one thing you said and other people have said, you have to have a clear mind and a good heart when you do it. If, you, if your mind is in the wrong place, you will fail. And my mind was in the wrong place a couple times because I said, you know what? I can do this. Da-da. I had a crooked mind and I failed. So I went through my trials and tribulations and I went through what I had to go through, but all I was doing was giving God the glory when that happened. I was in disbelief because I didn't go out there with the intentions like you said. I didn't go out there with the intentions like, you know what? Let me see if this works because you was very clear. When you did that video, you was very clear on when you gave your instructions what to do and what not to do. You said, do not throw it in their face. I didn't jump because I wanted to. There was nothing. It, it, all the machines were down, so I couldn't pass. Right. I know and I'm saying. like, I can't miss this. You will, you will have, it'll, it'll just happen 
Like it happened to me one time. I got pulled over. I had a light. I had. A, I had. A, I'll tell you a story. I had a light out. Okay, I get pulled over, and um, he come up. I had. I had a young lady with me, and she in the car, and uh, one of my headlights went out. That's what they tell me. They pulled me over. I get pulled over, and uh, I asked him to say, "Man, where you pulled me over? Your headlight." He just pointed up. Headlight is out. Gave him my ID. He went. He went to the back. I gave him a driver's license. I had given him a driver's license. This happened some years ago, but I gave him a driver's license. But I did a process on the license, and this is why I don't talk about. He went. He went to the. He went to the car. He came back real fast. Have a nice day, sir. Didn't tell me nothing. Didn't say nothing. Just have a nice day. It'd be stuff. It'd be stuff like that'll happen. They not going to tell you what it is. They're never going to tell you what it is. I'll tell you, the, like I tell this story all the time. I had, um, I was helping a chick and with, um, with, with a foreclosure and Gwinnett. I, I always remember this story because it impacted me so hard. I was in there helping her with a foreclosure. And I wasn't a party to the case. The lady was Hispanic and she was a client of mine and they were trying to take a house. And she said, look, can you come to court with me? I said, man, I said, look, I'm going to come to court with you, but he's probably not going to let me talk, but I'll come. And I, so I came to court with the lady. So how we played it was she played like she couldn't speak English. So when he had, I said, I, so I went up to the <laughs> I said, I said, Your Honor, I said, look, she doesn't speak English very well. Is it okay? I asked him, I said, is it okay that I kind of speak for her? He said, yeah. He was so angry. But what it was is he was pissed off because, he wanted to know who had did her paperwork for because he was looking at her paperwork. He said, who, he, he, so, so he just said, yeah, he gave he just said, yeah, to me dismissively. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I want to ask a question. Who did this paperwork for you? And so she said, me no speak English. You know, she started with the, I don't speak English very well, you know. <laughs> so, so, then, so, then, so now he's talking to me. He, he said, well, who did this paperwork for her? I said, sir. I said, that's not Jermaine in these proceedings. We're not here to talk about that right now. You know, I'm here to talk about something else. He said, okay. He said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to get to y'all later. Go have a seat over there. Sit down. And he's telling me, we inside of the bar. So he's telling me to sit on a bench over there, like in the jury uh, chamber inside the bar. So she goes over there to sit down. I don't. I turn around and walk out and go walk back, sit back in the audience. And he said, hey, 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 hey. Didn't I just tell you? To sit over, man, how he said it to me. Hello? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I, I think uh, I think my man got uh, disconnected. Let me see if he's going to call back in. But uh, what happened was, I'm going to see if he's going to call back in. He might call back in. Y'all can still hear me. You can still hear me, right? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. So what happened was, um, you know, he was hollering at me, you know, he said, hey, 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 didn't I tell you to sit down? You know, just, and, you know, I was like, say, hey, man, who are you talking to? That's exactly what I said to him. I said, excuse me, who are you talking to? I said it just like that. He said, I'm talking to you. I said, I said, uh, I said, uh, no, he said, he said, I'm talking to you and you're about to get a contempt. I'm about to give you contempt. And so I said, so when I fired back with him, I said, it's going to be civil or criminal contempt. And he didn't say nothing. So then the police officers came over to me. You know, they, you know, the police, because I'm making a scene. 
Cause I let them know, you know, I don't know you, I don't know you trying to strong on talk me like I'm crazy. So, uh, but they didn't put their hands on me. Cause I told them one time, what you can tell you, you say, you put your hands on me going to prison. Don't touch me if I ain't did nothing. They come over to you like when you're standing behind <laughs> that bar talking. Tell them that. You, say, you put your hands on me, you're going to prison. And they'll stop. Put your damn hands on me, I'm putting you in prison. You tell them just like that. <laughs> put your hands on me. All right, so she didn't touch me, but they didn't touch me, but they kind of guided me, sir, sir. You know, they being nice, you know, be honorable, sir, please, if you just go back in the back. So I get in the back. No, I get back to the back. He started telling me to take my belt off and all this. I'm in a suit. I'm like, I'm not doing nothing. He said, you ain't got no choice. I said, yes, I do. Go get your supervisor. Don't tell me you start getting undressed. I'm not going. I'm not doing nothing. So his supervisor comes. He's a white guy. He's like a lieutenant. I don't know what his, what what he was, but he came to me, man. He came, and all he said was, he said, first of all, Mr. John, I just want to say this. I want you to know that we public servants and we're here to serve you. I said, okay. He said, I, I just have one question. I said, what? He said, is your name copyrighted? Now, that fucked me up. I know some people listening probably don't believe me, but that fucked me up. That he was a let me tell you, he was so humble. He was treating me like mm-hmm. I was royalty. He was treating me like mm-hmm. I was royalty. He said, is your name co- I ain't never had a man. That came out of left field to me. Let me just put it like that. That was a, that was out of left field. He says, your name copyrighted. I ain't, I ain't said nothing like that. I said, what? And uh, no, I didn't say that. I, I was very calm. I said, I said, that's very astute of you. I said, yes, it is. And he said, okay, I have another question. Is it okay if I get some information from you? And then I said, no, you can't have no information from me. I said, you have my name and that's too much. And he said, well, I need to get some information from you because we have some insurance concerns by having you back here. And I said, well, you wouldn't have to worry about insurance concerns if you didn't have me back here illegally and unlawfully. He said, okay, okay, okay. He said, let me go out and talk to the judge. I'll be right back. So he leaves. He went out and I told said, the judge who you were. He went out and told I, the judge, I, oh, he knows this stuff. I was trying to contract him, and he – Respectfully uh, disinclined to acquiesce to my request to contract with him. He knows what he's doing. I tried to bring up the insurance liability. I was trying to contract with him, Judge, and I couldn't do it. I'm sorry, but he's back there and he knows what he's doing. That's what he said. Something like that. Yeah, I, I, I sat back there. I sat back there probably about an hour. I sat back there an hour, and when it when they took me to the back, the courtroom was packed. It was because you know they were doing foreclosures. It was packed. When they brought me back out, it was empty. And they had the lights off. Mm. Let me put it like this. Not only was it empty, they had lights off in the, um, in the area where, you know, like where the people sit, where the audience sit. They had the lights on around the judge's bench and then the lights off in the audience. And so then they, they take me in front of the, the judge. So they want me to stand somewhere, and they stand around me like in a pentagram. That's the only thing I can think about it. It was like five officers. Two on one side, two on the other side, and one behind me. And then I'm in, um, I'm in the, uh, and they all standing like perfect. They want me to stand. I couldn't just stand where I wanted to stand. They were very adamant about me standing in an exact spot. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you all this because I remember it. I'm just, just putting it out, this out there because I was just trying to stand, and they like, no, you need to stand exactly right here. 
And then I noticed how they were standing around me. It seemed to be spaced in exact exact order. Everything looked very orderly, if you know what I'm saying. I hope I hope y'all can understand what I'm saying. So he told he told me he said, look, he said, um, he said, uh, he said, look, I could hold you here ten days and bring you out every day, and we could go back and forth with this every day. He said, but I, you know. He said, I don't want to do that. He said, look, I only want you to do one thing. He said, I don't want you to speak. He said, I do not want you to speak. I want you to only say one of two things. I want you to say number one or number two. This is all I want you to say. Number one, I apologize. Number two, I don't apologize. That's, <laughs> wow. That's all he said. So I said, now, I feel like he's testing my sovereignty still. I was like, nigga, are you still, you still trying to tell me what to do? You know, so, you know, so I had to think. I'm thinking, do I really want to be put in? See, this one, when I said on the other show, pick your battle. Do you really want to just sit here and go to jail just to prove that you are sovereign? When he offered you out, just apologize to me and I let you go? <laughs> but, no, you see what I'm saying? But my attitude, I had an attitude back then. I'm thinking like this as I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at him. So I, I threw him a curveball. I said, excuse me, what'd you say your name was again? Because <laughs> you want their name. You want their name. So the way I did it caught him off guard. And it, it, he felt like somebody walked over his grave, and then he composed himself, and they said, uh, well, okay, I see that y'all said, nah, nah, give me number one. I pick number one. I pick number one. Now, the Spanish chick, she was still there, so we walking out. And uh, when we're walking out, the doors are locked in the back. And um, when I'm walking out, they always got somebody watching. I'm telling y'all, this is. I got another story I can tell y'all. When you go in them courthouses, them judges have access to video cameras. They can watch you when you go to the clerk's office. They can watch you when you're walking around that courthouse. They can watch you when you're walking around that courthouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that. One sent me a message. One sent me a message one time. I was in the clerk's office, and I felt like I was going to get arrested in the clerk's office. I feel like I was going to send somebody down because I'm down there messing around the clerk's office. And um, I always go to the courthouse suited up. I'm always suited up when I go in there. That's just one of my policies. I, I suit up when I go in there. And uh, he sent me a message. Uh, you know, a uh, guy came back. He said, yeah, the judge. Uh, now, he went up to the courtroom. And the judge told him in his courtroom, he said, tell Mr. Jones he was the nicest, dressed man I've seen today in this courthouse. And I know why she told me that. She's just like, yeah, I saw you. I didn't talk to her nothing. She didn't see me. She was up in the, I was downstairs. And she told me, said, just let him know. He's the nicest, dressed man I've seen today in the court. They be knowing who be. Them courthouse is a dangerous place to be in because everybody in there working together. You know what I'm saying? So they be knowing this stuff, but they never ever going to admit it to you. They're not going to say anything like that. You know, I come with stories and things like that too. But you're right. At the end of the day, you got to act honorably. Just because you know the information, yep. you don't put it in their face. 
she'll go out and start drive 100 miles an hour through a school zone just to test things and everything. That's acting dishonorably. That You're losing you know. the protection of God. It's really what it is at the end of the day. When you say you're staying in honor, what you're doing is you're staying under the protection of God. And you have to conduct yep. yourself a way to stay under God's protection, meaning that you have to abide by God's laws. And I'm using God loosely for Christians, but you have to be under those laws. Abiding by those laws is what is keeping you safe, not a goddamn because yep. um, you failed out that damn passport form or whatever like that. It is being honorable. Yep. It's being honorable. You got to do a process. I, I, I got you got to do a process. You got to put them on notice. You got to put them on notice. That's yeah. all the process is all just notices. All they are notices. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you say all the time. I hear you Savelle say all the time. And I remember I was watching a video way back then, the one you was talking about in court, how you made the judge, the, the trustee, and things like that, where you said you stay in honor at all costs, never go into dishonor, stay in honor. So that's what I did that day. I didn't fight with them um, yeah. this morning, nope. early this morning. I just said, no problem, sir. Here you go. But I don't want to hold you long, Yusufel. I know it's other people that want to get to you. I just want to ask you one more question. Now, I heard you and the gentleman talking about the trust. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I had someone do my trust for me. This when I was lazy. I didn't know anything about it. I just came in the game, so I had them do my trust. I don't think it was done right. So is there any way I can do a private consultation with you? To do um, email, my me at, email me at high frequency radio. I mean, I'm gonna have to look at it. When you say they didn't do it right, what you're saying is that they draft the indenture agreement correctly. You know, that's what that's what I'm gonna look at. You know, uh, what the verbiage and what's on that. A lot of them aren't really bad though, because a lot of these guys they be using like uh, cookie cutters and things like that. You know, um, so when they create it, so you, it may not be bad as you think. Um, you know, I haven't really seen anything too bad. I had two clients not too long ago. They came to me. They up in New Jersey, I believe, and they showed me one that is a living trust that an attorney put together, and it wasn't nothing but a death trap to me. I'm like, man, why would you? Why would you? Somebody, somebody have? Why who who give somebody something like this? And it's because they know y'all don't know. Because probate is their number one thing. They they man, if you put, it's like I love how this this, this document in successful management. Uh, the trust book I got, I love what that attorney said. He said, when you leave it to other people, uh, the responsibility of your estate, you are derelict in your duty to yourself. You don't leave nothing. When, when, when it comes to somebody else's interest and your interest, their interest is always going to take precedence over your interest. So if you're leaving your affairs in somebody else's hands, you are, you're, you know, you're derelict in du- du- duty to yourself. You're incompetent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You got you got right. I'll give you an easy example. In my neighborhood, I got a pretty nice looking yard. Okay. A lot of people they always ask me, man, what kind of fertilizer you use and all that. And one thing my homeboy taught me about doing yard work, because I, I could have got true green to come out. And true green do a pretty good job. I'm not gonna don't don't diss true green. But if you want your yard to look pristine, you gonna have to get out there and do that shit yourself. If you really want to know yep. it, I got to get there and pull some weeds and do some things. I, I don't have to put a whole bunch of chemicals on it. 
I go old school and get out there every morning and pull weeds because it's therapeutic, one. I get closer to nature because I find out the closer I get to nature, the more things start to flow for me and things like that. But it is your responsibility. You got to take control of your life for yourself and stop expecting other people. Even if you do have you some trustees, if you become super wealthy and you got a lot of money and you give it to some trustees, it's your duty to understand trust inside and out. Right. So, so you, you said that was five frequency. Uh, go ahead. You said it was. You said it was high frequency radio. What? High frequency blog talk at gmail dot com. High frequency blog talk. You know, high frequency blog oh, talk. High frequency, frequency blog talk. Yeah, just email me there, and uh, if you want me to look at the document, you know, I'll look at it. But you know, the thing about it is, is like, I mean. You know, I look at it and just see, you know, if it's drafted correctly, you know, there's certain things you, you you should know yourself, but you asking me to look at it means that you need to take a trust class. That's, yeah, all that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would like to take a trust, take a trust class. With you. class you, know you know, because this is not a hard subject in my opinion. If you read the case, so I start out like I started. I started out studying. I started out studying words. I want to know what a settler, creator, trustor, uh, you know, I want to know what all of those were. I, I next, I want to understand what uh, a raise is, R E S, or res, however you want to pronounce it. Okay, which is the corpus of the trust, what a trust corpus is, what a trust protector is, what trustees are, what uh, uh, units of beneficial interest are, or trust certificates, things like that. I started studying all of those terms first. That's the first place I started. What are, do these words mean? Okay, from there, I started with reading case law, you know, because you got to understand the principles. Like, it's a general principle of trust that the, that the trustees are liable. However, you can draft the indenture agreement where the trustees are not liable, that you have to look to the corpus of the trust to satisfy any claims. You know, so you can make the trustees immune from liability, too, but that has to be put into the document as well as it has to be put in, into any contract that is made with the trust as well. So all these, but if there's a general principle that the trust, and, and what I'm telling y'all is very important for y'all to know. A general principle of trust law is that trustees are liable. However, they can't, however, they can't be made immune from liability. If it is put in the indenture agreement. Now, take that principle and apply it across the spectrum of everything that has to do with trust, like when you go into the courtroom. If you are the trustee, it is a general principle that you are liable. Unless what? We make some other kind of contract where liability ain't on me. Got you. That's what I want to take. So I want to take the I want to take a trust class uh, with you, um, so I can know more. Cause I want to know more about how to use the trust. You know how to put things under the trust. Like I'm I'm still new at this, but my thing is I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn it, and that's what I want to do. I want to do a trust class, and if you know at the same well, time, if you could look over it, you know they or things I can look over okay. once you teach me in the class. Okay. So. I got I got a, I got a, I got an online self-paced study course at SBC University 
that is pretty good. I'm working on right now. I'm enhancing right now. I'm putting the audio. I'm my next video that I'm putting out is going to be on SBC University. I'm doing the audio books and everything and images and you know you know how I like to do it and uh, just make it real nice. You know because I've been I've been on YouTube too much. Time for me to start focusing back at SBC University. You know I like to make videos for the public and now I got to make some videos for the private. You know so it's time for me to do that and I'm I'm focusing in on the trust right now. And the trust is a very trust is a very interesting subject, man. Let me tell you, it's it like it's very very interesting subject to me. I love it. I mean, it's like it's not hard to me. Once you understand a few fundamental principles, it's not hard. the The biggest thing you have to understand is public and private. You have to understand public yeah. and private. Because how are you going to be a private trustee and you don't know the demarcation line that separates public from private? That's something that I was curious about. People talk about private trust and everything, but how are you going to be private if you don't know the line that separates public from private? What constitutes public and what constitutes private? You got to know that line, you know, in order to be an effective trustee, effective as trust administration, trustees have to be competent in the administration of trust. They have to be competent. They have to know what they do. All right. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I got it. Yeah. I got it. All right. 
What you need to speak to me in private? Sometime, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I got a conference I'm getting ready to do the t- weekend of the 22nd and 23rd. Right. And, uh, okay. And I want to offer that to the people, but I also oh, okay. want to push you. Your, right. I'm going to push your university. Right, I'm gonna, I'm now, gonna, all that stuff y'all started up. Yeah, right let me write down, down your number. Yeah, I'm going to write down your number right now. Yeah, all right. I got you. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was you going to say? You know, when you was talking about uh, 6 million Jews, have you ever looked up um, World War I? Do you know they used the same number during World War One as they did in World War Two? I I I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, yeah. I knew that. I knew that it was about five hundred thousand Jews actually that was in Germany um, when they were talking about that. About five hundred thousand. That's what they said. Yeah, there, you you can see the the old newspaper clippings if you just go look online, and they were saying that that uh, Germany that. That during World War One, that there was six million Jews that were killed during World War One. I. I said, "Now, how in the world? I'm not no st- statistical genius. I don't know how to calculate statistics. But how do you get the same number in two different wars? It's impossible." They brought, you know, when you go and study World War One, you can see Germany. Why? Why was Germany attacked? Why was Germany attacked? Germany didn't do anything to anybody. In World War One, hey, it was my business. It was my we business. set Germany, we set Germany up through the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. The Bush family did, and we got into the war from the sinking of the Lusitania, and um, mm-hmm. that all of that, all that was plotted. That was plotted. Yes, it was. So, you know, centering around the uh, creation of the Fed, because you notice that the uh, what the uh, the Federal Reserve Act. Was what 1913 World War One started 1914. Uh huh. I just got a message from I just got a message from Jazz. Hey Jazz, she not me and her. She lives just a few miles from my house. She's took your classes. Me and her talk a lot. Every chance we get, she just sent me a text and said, "I know that's you." (laughs) (laughs) I think I know you're talking about. I think yeah, I know yeah, she, uh, Hey, you 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 are known. I will tell you that. Yeah, I appreciate but, uh, it. Now, that second article the host was reading, uh, and it had to do with AI. You went into the mark of the beast. You did you see Zidney Brzezinski? Uh, this was in a. Uh, the CFR, he said, it, I think is when it was, it was, uh, it is now cheaper to kill a million people than it is to train a million people. Right. That the future no people? longer needs this. Yeah, the, to say the future no or longer feed needs feed a million this. people. Exactly. That's right. And I mean, I think, I'm no just more. trying to help people catch up to that understanding. I mean, it's, it's slow going. But you got Flippy mm-hmm. the burger flipping robot. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of autonomy uh, automation. I mean, automation happening. A lot of that stuff. I mean, like you said, yeah, yeah. they're getting to the point where they don't need us. We we might we might revolt. Yeah. We might go into a revolution. Well, they're showing you in the no. mo- they're showing you in the movies all the time that you know. I mean, my aunt told me this, man. My aunt told me this. She uh, you know, when I was like 22, 
she told me she said she said Joseph in the future there's going to be a bubble there's going to be people living outside the bubble and there's going to be people living inside the bubble I plan to be living inside the bubble uh, you know and uh and now I'm seeing all these movies where they are showing you examples of uh, of an elect people living somewhere in prosperity, having it good, and then there's groups of people, poor, trying to scrap and survive and everything. Almost every movie you see, you see that now. And they try, and I never forget what uh, what uh, uh, Lindsay said, uh, Lindsay Williams. He said, the elite have to tell you the truth. He said, one of the codes that they have is they have to tell you the truth. And, and where the, the medium they've, they've chosen to tell you the truth is the the movie. Yeah. And you you keep looking at all this as fantasy. That's your problem. You keep looking at it as fantasy and don't believe it. They're telling you the truth in the movie. Man, people, I I, I deal with this all the time. I mean, I, I use about 12 plus thousand minutes a month on my cell phone. I had a growing group of people that we talk all the time on, on law stuff. And honestly, I saw some of the stuff you talked about in my when I first started studying case law. But when I found you, you opened me up to a lot in the last three years. And now I'm I got a state delegate that said, "Hey, can you come up here and teach homeschool families this stuff?" I said, I, "Yes, I will." So that's what I'm getting ready to do. And you know that's what we need. We need more of that. You know that was the whole pl- the plan. You know, to get people go out, and start teaching, and start showing people all. You know, just start spreading the information. That was my thing because you want to change the world. You change it one person at a time. You know, you got to educate people. You know, you got to you got to mm-hmm. everybody got everybody has to be able to see the truth. You know, if if there's going to be any type of change, if there's going to be any type of see, I don't get into the fear thing. A lot of people say, well, what they're going to do, they're going to kill people. You just said what uh, Zabinski just said about killing is easy to kill more people. But here's the thing about that, what people have to understand. Nobody can just kill you, okay? Every, there's something called karma. People at the very highest levels respect karma. It's only ignorant people and people at the bottom who don't or who don't believe in it or anything like that. So... What they do is they make you do things to kill yourself, either make you eat a lot of bad food. Um, and you'll say, well, they're feeding us the food. Nobody made you eat that food. Nobody's making you do anything. My point in saying is it is a free will universe. One thing you cannot yeah. do on judgment day is say the devil made me do it. That excuse I, uh, is not going to work. Not going to work. I, uh, I shared something on your group today for you. I want to make I, it was a case law that Gene Keating talked about. It says it's uh, Ponzi versus Fezenden, I think is how you pronounce it. And it's dealing with the two jurisdictions. So the jurisdiction of two sovereignties in the same system, like in the that they share the common territory. That's the U.S. and the states. Right. I bring that to your attention. I saw that today. It's so called, wait a minute, what's it called again? It's called um, Ponzi versus Fezenden. Okay, yeah, send that to me. I, I love reading stuff like that, you know, because, yeah. you know, I love how the judges try to explain it. You know, every, 
every judge tries to explain it without giving away too much. They got to dance yeah, well, around. This, they got to get creative and how they explain it. In this paragraph, it says, we live in the, in the jurisdiction of two sovereignties, each having its own system of courts to declare and enforce its laws in common territory. I thought common territory was very key. It would be impossible for such courts to fulfill their respective functions without embarrassing conflict unless rules were adopted by them to avoid it. And one of the things they talk about in the case is that whichever jurisdiction gets jurisdiction first, that they have to exhaust all their remedies first. Exactly. They don't release jurisdiction. That's something else I keep telling people. They don't release jurisdiction until they've uh, exhausted the case. Now, you told me to let you know about that uh, GSA bond, right? Right. It's over. They uh, they put on a mock trial, issued a default judgment, dismissed everything on me, gave my wife a uh, custody order and said, here, you got to file this in the court and where she lives. <laughs> and we talked to the court, and the court said, we can't even enforce that order. <laughs> I mean, they just I put on a show trial. If you read creditors and their bonds, they say do not participate in public and in, in public plays. It's a play. That's they right. put on a play for you. And let me tell you mm-hmm. something. One of the things when I first got into this, I, I read that. I said it said do not participate in public play. They said they were talking about you know when you read listen to the creditors and their bonds video, it talks about how it's a play. Now. The play seems very, very real. It seems very, very real. All right, so the first time um, I read that, I walked into the courtroom. I don't know what it was, but I just could feel that they were scared. I don't know why. I said, damn, they scared of me, you know, but they were talking, and I could kind of tell. I said, look, they, they, they acting, you know. It is an act. They they are taking you through the motions when you really they're able. They didn't put it's just like it says. They didn't put this play on so many times. They know how to do it. But once you start paying attention, you're like, what? You start seeing people ain't signing documents. Um, you're not really getting court dates. Um, you know, you're just gonna start seeing things. You know, and then like you go and read something like the protocols of the learned elder design. If you pay attention, you really should read that document. You really need to read it because then you'll see what they're doing. You know, there's stuff written down. You can see what they're doing. And it's all commercial. They're putting on a front. These are legislative courts. The federal court system is legislative. That's under Article 1. You yep. see federal court federal system common is law. under Article 1. Right. They're getting a delegation law. of authority. They're getting a delegation of authority from Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9. Right. So they'll try to say, well, that ties into Article 3, Section 2. Listen, because it talks about in any, in any other courts that uh, Congress may talk about. But I always tell people, yeah, I know it talks about that in Article 3, but there's something called separation of powers. So once you understand separation of powers, now we have to qualify what does that mean in Article 3 when it talks about the courts that Congress creates. What are they talking about? That's something that has to be addressed because that is the key to understanding the court system and stop being tricked. The key to stop being tricked is to understand principles of the Constitution. Like I like them, them guys come on, they talk about 
They'll read a case on its face and try to tell you what it means. Every case has underlying principles in it, even if the judge doesn't expressly state it. Even if the judge doesn't expressly state it, he'll be telling you why something is some way, but there's this expectation, oh, I know why he said that. He had to say it like that because of separation of powers. He's not going to mention separation of powers. But the principle that is guiding his decision is separation of power. And if you don't understand that, you don't got to read case law. Yep. So, well, I got to get myself to bed. I got a wide load I got to get delivered. Whenever you're free, you give me a call tomorrow. Okay. All right. Appreciate your call. Uh You're welcome. All right. Go to the next call. Area code 202. Area code 202-5818. 202-5818. DC. That's 202 is DC. 5818. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? 202. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, peace. Yeah, hey, peace to the gods. You know what I'm saying? I'm a young dude. I'm like 30. I just came into the information. About a month ago, you know, uh, old, old wise man had me too, too. You Yusuf, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, damn, you you a sharp dude. I don't even know, I don't even know that much even say that. But you know, I remember I heard you say when you hear the truth, you instantly know it. And you know, I I think it's the truth. But I had a question for you, right? I remember you right. said, uh, you said uh, the police they they don't have to protect you, they protect corporations. And I know they say, uh. We 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 are corporations, so I was trying to understand how they don't have to protect, protect the citizens if they are you're corporations. Not no corporation. You're not no corporation. You're not a corporation. You're a living soul. Hey. You ain't a corporation. But yeah, yeah no. but but I, I, yeah, I'm the real living soul. But when you got they that protect, social, they protect businesses. That's what they do. They the police aren't the law enforcement. They're not the constitutional authority. The sheriff is the constitutional authority. Was any police in the Wild West? Nah, you know, I'm in D.C. We don't have sheriffs out here. They don't have no sheriffs out there in Compton. They, uh, they have, well, they don't have police in Compton. He got rid of them. But uh, Damn, no police have no duty. I'll give you the case. All right, police have no duty to protect individuals. What's the case? Let me say, let me read it for you. Farms and Lemon, police have no obligation. Uh, oh yeah, I, so if I was one, do you got a YouTube page or uh, Instagram or something I could follow? Oh yeah, yeah, I go just put in use of L on uh on. No, 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 uh, not you. I was, I was asking uh, Soto L, do he have one? You know oh, what I'm okay. saying? Oh okay. He did. <clears throat> yeah, we got a we yeah we got a uh, foundation has a, a YouTube page. It's uh you actually if you go to welcome to the foundation dot com, there's a link on the page to all the social media pages. So the use do you do okay, Yeah, I follow Yusuf, you know what I'm saying? The old old wise man told me I've been all up in the information. As far as I can go, I was like, damn, I wish I would learn this when I was younger. I would have been a stone cold beast. I feel like I'm late. Nah, man. Okay. You, you, the right time, right? You you just in time, man. You just in time. I appreciate that, you know what I'm saying? I say I'm thorough. I'm trying I don't know what the hell I'm trying to do now, like learning this. Like, I thought I knew some shit. Like, you were saying, you think you know what shit means, but you don't know shit. Learning that, I was like, damn. It was like like a kind of like a, I guess, 
Yeah, culture shock, for uh, lack of better words, but I ain't want to argue with it and seem ignorant because, like, I did my little research. I'm like, damn, this shit true as shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, let me read this to you. Okay, this is about Listen. the police have no duty to protect you. Police have no obligation to protect you. With all the recent talk about politicians regarding a ban on guns, let's consider the following harsh reality and strongly oppose the idea. Courts have held that governments are not liable for their failure to protect, specifically a state's failure, a state's failure to protect an individual against private violence generally does not constitute a violation of the due process clause because the clause imposes no duty on the state to provide members of the general public with adequate protective services. The clause is phrased as a limitation on the state's power to act, not a guarantee of certain minimal levels of safety and security. See the Supreme Court decision of the Shanty versus Winnebago City uh, Social Services Department. Okay, so Maryland's law enforcement can uh, release violent people back into, uh, into society. See Penders versus Johnson for another case on gross failure of law enforcement that resulted in the deaths of three children. And Maryland officials have no responsibility for the negligence. Moreover, other jurisdictions have held similarly. A government and its agents are under no general duty to protect public services, such as police protection, to any particular individual citizen. And notice they're talking about police. Reference Warren versus District of Columbia. In this case, three rape victims sued the city and its police department under the following facts. Two of the victims were upstairs when they heard the other being attacked by men who had been bro- had broken in downstairs. Half an hour have, have uh, half an hour having passed and their roommate's screams having ceased, they assumed the police must have arrived and, uh, arrived in response to their repeated phone calls. In fact, their calls had somehow been lost in the shuffle while the roommate was being beaten into silent acquiescence. So when the roommates went downstairs to see uh, to see to her, as the court's opinion. Uh, so when the roommates went downstairs to see to her, as the court's opinion graphically describes it, for the next 14 hours, the women were held captive, raped, robbed, beaten, forced to commit sexual acts upon each other, and made to submit to the sexual demands of their attackers. Having set out these facts, the court promptly exonerated the District of Columbia and its police, as was clearly required by the fundamental principle of American law, that a government and its agents are under no general duty to provide public services such as police protection to any individual citizen. Now, you can go and see the Supreme Court cases on it. They, when they say they're protecting the public, public means government. It don't mean you. It don't mean you. Okay, 911 is a service. It's a service that you're paying for. They don't have to provide that service. <laughs> you need y'all need to go and start waking up and see and look around. Look around you and wake up. Understand? I ask people all the time, what's the difference in the police and the sheriff? After old police, <laughs> that's what I always get. The the, the uh, sheriff is state and the police is city. Okay, <laughs> that's what I always get. I get that. They ain't telling you nothing. That's not telling you nothing. What are you telling me that the police are the security guards for the city? Kind of like in Game of Thrones. 
You know, when you call them into the walled city, there are guards at the gate. And those guards and everything are guarding everything. They say, hey, you can't bring no swords in here. When you leave the walls of the city, you can get your swords back. Is that what we mean when we say municipal law? Think about that. I'm just out there. Y'all start thinking. Start looking. You know, it's true. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad, how you, I'm glad how you worded that. But, like, I come from the streets, right? I ain't there to depend on them crackers anyway, you know what I'm saying, to protect me. I always <laughs> my shit with me, you know what I'm saying? I know offense to no, no white person on here, but, hey, man, fuck y'all crackers, man. You know what I'm saying? You come from me. I'm bucking my shit. I ain't always there. I know you, so you on the high thought the mind. We don't need to be violent. Fuck that. I got my Glock on me, loaded AK. I know I can't, I can't smoke all them crackers, but, you know, hey. I'm going to get as many as I can because, hey, like, check this, my neighbor, they white and shit. Hey, and you wait, know, hey, hold on, hold on, man. You got to act honorable, man. You got to be honorable. Yeah, I ain't already. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I ain't do, that's why I ain't do no paperwork. Business, I ain't do no UCC1. What I'm doing is I'm studying, and I'm trying to get my mind right because right now, how you say you used to be conversational, that's how I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know I got to right. do better, woo, 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 but I ain't going to fake the funk. I ain't always there. You know, you try me, I'm coming in like Yusuf in the 90s, heavy like Mike Tyson <laughs> champ. I'm bucking my shit. You know what I'm saying? You know what? <laughs> hey, because I, I see I see on the TV, I was like, damn, one last time you seen a real G really get, the police try a real G. Like you say, the police don't got to protect you. But them hardcore motherfuckers, I know the son, they don't really be trying to fuck with them. But somebody may be a soft target, they might they might go at you. But like you say, you show no fear. Like I said, my way ain't the right way. I know a lot of motherfuckers be trying to die. But, hey, if you like me, fuck that shit, man. My nuts hanging. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there, though, use some trust. If I live long enough, I'm going to do my paperwork and, and be honorable and all that. But right now, I'm just honorable than a motherfucker. I ain't finna lie to you. Hey, you know hey, I'm, hey, I'm going to tell you the truth. There's some truth to what you're saying. There's some truth to what you're saying. But let me just say this, man. When you live a while, you know, you're going to find that, okay, like how how you talking right now, okay? You looking for a confrontation. You don't want to look for a confrontation, G. You know, you from the streets, you didn't heard this before. The baddest motherfuckers is in prison or dead, all right? Oh, yeah. Ain't nobody oh, yeah. They, they, they in prison or dead, all right? So, I got a cousin right I'm, now. He's for 50 years and two of my cousins of got killed. It is a form of prison. I understand what you're saying. But the thing is, is like when you, you, got, to, you got to value life, you didn't give life, you can't take it, okay? You got to keep your soul intact. I now I'm not telling you don't defend yourself. I ain't saying that at all. Everybody, you can't legislate self-defense. That's just my my thing. How the fuck you gonna legislate self-defense? Somebody trying to take my life. Anybody who trying to take my life, I believe I got a I got a right, an inherent right to stop them, no matter who they are. They go for the police, the sheriff, anybody. If you trying to take my life, I got a right to stop you from taking my life. Okay, I just I just believe that's just a, I don't think you can legislate that. I don't think you can legislate that. I have a friend who's a police officer. He told me that you have a right to resist an unlawful arrest. But, hell, they make it so hard to determine what's an unlawful arrest. But that makes all the yeah. sense in the world. I got a right to resist an unlawful arrest. They know that. You ask the police officer, do I got a right to resist an unlawful arrest? Yeah, but, it, but see, the thing is, you might end up getting killed in yeah. the process. And, and they're going to get off, of course, you know, because, hey, they – they're thanking them. You know, we got $10 million. Thank you, officer, you know, for, you know, doing your duty. We're going to put you on administrative leave. 
paid administrative leave for about two weeks and come on back. <laughs> you know, this is what it is. And I understand the mentality, you know what I'm saying? But you got to learn to use your mind a little bit more. You know, you got to learn to use your mind more and not be so quick to pull out and everything because you have to pay for everything that you do. If you ain't justified in your actions and everything, there is there, there is consequences. And I'm not talking about coming from them. I'm talking about from the laws of nature. So well, I always conducted myself, even when I was on the street, how I was, if I got a, if somebody, if I got action with somebody, okay, I feel like I'm protected if I'm justified in my response. It's always the response to something like that. I'm never the initiator. You know, I'm not trying to bully somebody or initiate somebody, anything like that. It's always from a defensive posture, you know, because I'm not only looking for protection for myself, I'm looking for protection from on high, from God, too. And God ain't going to give you protection if you ain't right. So you got to think these things through. This is a spiritual aspect of things. You got to respect the spirit. You can't just ignore spiritual. There's consequences. There's a cause and effect for everything that you do. You steal a piece of candy out of the store, something going to get taken out of your life of equal value. That's what the scales represent of cannabis. Uh, he's weighing the heart against the, against, the, uh, against the feather of truth. Mock. Okay? Uh, the scales have to balance. The universe is about balancement. And if you come in and create an imbalancement, the universe is going to reestablish it. The universe cannot, uh, cannot, uh, cannot have, a, the cannot, it cannot be a, a vacuum. There's gonna, there's, everything has to be balanced. So understand that. That's what perfection is. Perfection is balancement. You're not being too good. You're not being too bad. You're right there in the middle. You understand that your nature is, I have 180 degrees of negativity, and I have 180 degrees positive. I ain't trying to be perfect for nobody. That's why these all goody two-shoes, they get mad because I use bad language over the air. I say, man, stop acting like you like you this perfect person or something like that. Like, you know, you ain't, you ain't never did nothing wrong or anything like that. Stop that. Okay, you ain't perfect. We all possess 180 degrees of positivity, 180 degrees of negativity. And walking that line, what we used to call Nuwapo, which means that you in the center, the center of the positive and negative is perfection. That's where you're trying to be at. I can respect anyway, that. I, you know, I, my bad, my I'm not bad. Telling you, I'm not telling you be too good. I'm not telling you to be too bad. If you be too good, you, you attract negativity. If you be too bad, you attract positivity. You want to strive for uh, you want to strive for equal medium between the two because what is good and what is bad those are concepts that human beings created everything in the universe just is what it really boils down to is what is positive or what is agreeable and what is disagreeable what's agreeable to you and what's disagreeable to you you know because nobody else can establish that society has rules that they have established for the general world for all of everyone called public laws. And you have to abide by those, too. They are put in place, and they have some sort of foundation in the laws of nature also. But you just can't be the kind of person going out there just busting at people, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to condone that over there and just start busting at these folks. You know, if you, if you don't defend yourself, okay. But be honorable. Listen to the show, all right? Just keep listening to the show, all right? Because I've been where you at. You ain't talking to somebody ain't been there. I've been there. I know where, you, I know where you're coming from. You know, I know how I, you I, feel. I, 
Yeah, I can feel the energy because I be like, man, some of these people they be talking. I'm like, man, I know he's straight bitch. I can hear, you know, like some shit you just feel. I'm like, man, I know he pussy, man. I just want to one more time. You know what I'm saying? I ain't always there. Like I said, you older, you more mature. Now I respect that because. Because we need to hear that, but like, like I said, I ain't always there. I, I ain't young, young, but I'm still young. I'm third. Like I said, if I know you a bitch, man, I might just in your shit, man. You know what I'm saying? I just been to jail. I ain't there. I ain't do no prison time. But like you say, them bad motherfuckers do be in prison. Like my cousin doing 50. I got two cousins dead. You know what I'm saying? I, I seen how this shit can go, but my heart still like you gotta be true. I ain't gonna disrespect the next man because I want somebody to respect me. But if you cross the line, like I said, I ain't always there. But I can just say, you know what? God got me now. Fuck all that. I know you pussy. I got to deal with you, man. I got to deal with you. I might can't even sleep at night knowing I let you slide. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. I understand you, man. You know, now you've been in the county jail. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know how old you are and everything. Like in the county jail, you know, they don't like to be quiet in the county jail. You know, like young cats and everything. Get your ass on down that road in that prison. You're going to be motherfucking quiet. Just letting you know, all right? You'll be quiet now. They got something for you. Okay, once you've been in the dungeon, <laughs> all right, what, 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 everything in prison, what it's about is about respect, man. It's about respect. Mm-hmm. That's why I told, I told, I told uh, one of my friends, right. I say, man, a lot of the shit these dudes doing out here, they would get their ass barbecued in the motherfucking pen for that shit. The slime, I mean, if you just change the channel, your ass getting, that, that's it. You know, uh, I mean, I've seen motherfuckers get pilled for a honey bun. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, y'all, y'all a lot of the shit they be doing on these streets, man. Y'all wouldn't that's make why, it on the inside. That's why, that's why you learn respect. I mean, you got to learn how to respect the next man because in there, if you don't have respect, you end up dead. All right, so, you know, you got to learn how to, you know, so you know it's about respect. And then you carry that with you out here, too. You know, you respect individuals. Because you don't know. Let me tell you something, man. You think you bad. You don't know who you're dealing with. You know, you might be dealing with somebody, man. Like, friends, let me ask you a question. You think you get in fight with one of them UFC fighters, you're going to whoop his ass? Well, if you walk up on the street and just walk up to one of them and everything, because you're a white boy and everything, you think you can take him out. He's a motherfucking UFC trainer. Man, them niggas, man, let me tell you, they can put a hold on your neck. I let the dude put a, one of them UFC guys put a hold on my neck. I said, say, man, I told him, I said, man, if somebody put a hold on me like that, I might try to kill him, man, because that's a kill move. You can kill me with that move. Them dudes get you off somewhere, they can take your life, man, with their bare hands. So it's like, you don't know. Everybody's doing this damn mixed martial arts and stuff, type of stuff like that, so... It's about as best, best you move with respect, because I'm just telling you, thinking you're the baddest motherfucker. You're not. I'm going to tell you straight up, you're not. Somebody, somebody well, you know, luckily somebody, for me, luckily yeah. you right, though. you right, though. Like, my, my father, he was in the, in the military. So from day one, I trained Shaolin. Even to this day, I box. I run five miles every day. Now, that's one thing I could see, like, difference between a man, a boy having a man <laughs> as a father and no home, uh, and just a yeah, woman. True. I ain't I saying women can't do her thing, but, like, I can sweet-talk my mother, but all that slick shit talking my father bust the shit out of my face. And then I had to go motherfucker get the wheel burgers. He grew up, he lived in the country. When I was with his ass, man, I'm, I'm I mean, six in the morning, I'm up jogging. Then I got to cut the grass, do chores. Ain't no talking back. He ain't hearing that. I mean, I had I had to fight. If I, if I Like I said, if my father found out I did some pussy shit, oh, man. I, I'd rather take an ass over in the streets and deal with him, but... The, the back to what you were saying, can I beat him? I don't know. 
But I know some shit too now. But I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say I'm the I'm the cold. I ain't no motherfucker. I ain't gonna say I'm Bruce Lee, but it ain't gonna be no walk in the park. But I ain't, you know, I hey. I understand yeah, what you're talking about. But you're right what you're saying. No, I feel what you're saying. It's always a bad motherfucker. I mean, yeah. I'm not telling you be pussy or nothing. I'm just saying just be honorable. And you know, just, yeah. you don't you're not you may not instigate. If you want to finish it, you can finish it, but don't be the instigator. You know what I'm saying? Okay, be honorable I can about that. Because I can really I'm telling you, about it. in your space, you brought it in your space. That these are the laws I'm telling you, it's like if you confrontational, confrontation gonna come your way. That's what you're looking for. So you're gonna get what you're looking for. You know? So that's all I'm saying, you know, and you ain't gonna always win in every one of them confrontations either. You know, it might not turn out too good. You know, I got I got I got homeboys dead and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I felt like when I okay to reach my age, I think like the guys who get older, who come from the street and everything, I think they just had to learn how to move with wisdom, man. They they, they not they not confrontational people. They will they will they will defend themselves, ain't no bitches, but they understand that look. You know, if you out there being the instigator, you can end up dead in something. Look at all the people that are killing you. You got to understand that you are the one that is bringing it to you. Whatever you think about all the time, that's what you're going to get. All right, hey, man, look, I got to go. I got to go to the next caller. But, man, I appreciate okay. your call. But I hope you keep listening to the show. And, you know, oh, I yeah, you I'm with the show. things I say to heart. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm, I'm, like I said, I can live and die by what you were saying. That's some real shit, you know what I'm saying? I fuck with right. the show, though. Right, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, it dog. I appreciate you, man. Okay. Hold it down out there. You in D.C.? You in D.C.? Oh, yeah, I'm in D.C. I'm, I'm right down, right. not too far from that, uh, that peck of wood Trump, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. All right, all right, all right. peace, peace. All right, let me go, to, go back to the phone line, 419-4265. You're on the line. Well, y'all don't hear, y'all ain't got your phone peace, open at all. Hey, yeah. peace, what's happening? Yeah. Yep. Peace and blessings, God. What's up, God? Uh, what's happening? Uh, a couple questions, man. You called me. I was, I was laying there. I was like, man. But uh, since I got you on the line, I wanted to say I appreciate you, man. I'm in Ohio at Toledo. Right. Um, I've been following you for for a minute now. Um, I got a couple of rental properties and um, um, a couple of trusts, land trusts, and um, business unincorporated religious organization business trusts. And um, you know when you when the trustee when the trustee collects, you know at the end of the year. And disperses the the funds to the beneficiaries. Uh, then that's where the uh, beneficiaries get taxed, but the the trust is uh, uh, not taxable. Correct? That's correct. Yeah, it's a it's a it's, well, you know, the trustees can determine what is income, also. But yeah, you know, the the beneficiaries, uh, you know, depending on the source of the income. If it originated within the United States, you know, you have to qualify that. It's all about, you know, the the tax liability starts with where did that, where did those funds, where did that income originate from? Real quick, just to piggyback, the IRS recognizes three types of trust, simple trust, grantor trust, and complex trust. 
Um, you can find the definitions for simple and com- I'm sorry, simple and grantor within the, the Internal Revenue Code. What they say about a complex trust is a trust that's other than a simple or grantor. Bottom line, the two main distinctions of a, a complex trust is a complex trust can donate 100%, 100% of its taxable liability to a charity and receive a charitable deduction, or a complex trust can uh, distribute 100% of its taxable income and therefore have no taxable event. So you said, yeah. you, have, you know, land trust. I'm, I'm, I'm presuming that they're organized in contract form. So, you know, if you are administered in a complex manner according to the Internal Revenue Service, exactly what you're saying, you can distribute the taxable income to the beneficiaries. But what Yusuf said, you got to qualify it as where's the source of the income? Is it generating or coming from within the United if States? The or, if, if there's going to be some tax liability that's going to pass on to the beneficiaries. All right, because, yeah, you're right. right, it's usually 95% of that uh, income has to be distributed to the beneficiaries for the, for the trust not to be taxed. All right. So, you know, and that's if you're dealing in the public, though. That's why I'm saying you got a private trust. That's why I tell people all the time, just because your trust is private don't mean there ain't going to be no tax liability because you're fucking with Federal Reserve notes. Right. Yep. right. So with, that, with that being said, that being uh, said if, I, if I exchange my Federal Reserve notes for uh, gold to distribute and disperse to the uh, beneficiaries, is, is that still taxable to the beneficiaries? Who's reporting it? It depends. Who's it depends. In my opinion, it depends on is that a is that a contractual or allowable expense according to the contract indenture? Man, let me tell you. That something. would be the question. I'm gonna say. I hate to say this, but I'm gonna be like this. It's like if it's private, keep it private. I, I okay. have to ask you who's reporting it, okay? Because usually, if there's some income, somebody reporting you. They got a tax ID number. They reporting. Okay. I'm All right. Uh, I, I hear I'm not you. trying to tell you to avoid to evade paying taxes, but I'm just no, saying. No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm trying hey, to. Uh, we talking about Federal Reserve notes. Uh, you talking about gold and silver? You dealing gold and silver? Okay, it's private. If you keep it private, if it's a private transaction, keep it private. Don't involve right, anybody okay. else in it. You got to know how okay, to. Just, one of the things about in operating a trust. Is knowing how to main. They got a whole section on there maintaining privacy. Right. Unless right. somebody knows about you, the less they can do something to you. The less somebody knows what you have, the less they can take it from you. Exactly. I understand. I'm a, I'm a uh, platinum member. I just joined uh, uh, around the 14th. I've been following you for like a couple years now, and um, I like to set up a. Uh, uh, um, consultation and talk to you in the private, but uh, I understand exactly what you were saying. I just, you know, and and just you know, and, and reading and doing a lot of study, and you need comfort, confirmation from other people and other uh, mentors that's in the mm-hmm. same field as you are, you know, and make right. sure you be guided and, and and reading and comprehending it on the same level as is being taught you understand so um <clears throat> and then oh, also, also with, that, with that being said too i'll let you go uh not to hold you up too long but uh i tried to get on and it was saying um that it was yo 
Usage has dropped off. Um, I think I'm pretty sure you're listening. Man, okay, so I'm going to do what I did last time, fam, and try to bring you in. So I'm going to call you from a weird number, fam, just so you know. But this is me right now.
So those audio books are good. You think they're good? You think yeah, they're good? All the books, they're very good. I appreciate it. Then I do, I do do my due diligence, uh, googling and then downloading books and then having it read to me. But I'll be listening to you. I cut you off and then go read some stuff in the book and then put you back on. It's very good. <laughs> you know, I, I'm gonna make some more. I like doing that. Um, and it has been, it's been very successful. Uh, but. You know, I, I just came to this conclusion. I said that people ain't gonna read. We just in a, we just in a different time, and people have, you know, they used to things being done for them. So I said I'm gonna read to you, and it just, hey, it, it it took off. So I got some other. I'm just looking right now for good documents. I'll be I'll be trying to find good documents that are well written that um have some good explanations in it, and uh, I'm gonna put some more stuff out. I'm gonna put a lot more stuff out. I'm, I'm trying to make them shorter too. At least ten minutes, because I'm damn two hour long ones. It's like they take too, take too long to do. So I'm looking for some, yeah. uh, you know, like make at least fifteen minutes long, maybe ten fifteen minutes uh, long videos. It take about it take approximately twenty minutes to do a twenty five page document. Usually lasts about like twenty yeah. minutes, well, twenty twenty five minutes. I appreciate them two hour, three hour long videos and, and webinars because that gives me something to ride through. I'll be driving them semi trucks and I'll be needing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll you know, YouTube tell you to do that too. They say make the long ones and everything. The long ones uh, <laughs> attract more views, but I don't know. It's like, it takes a lot, but I'm going to do some yeah, more. I I, I, I'm going to do some more. I'm going to do some more. They're going to be good. I'm trying to just be more creative too and find some different ways of. Uh, Getting people, you know, the whole point of it is to try to get you uh, to uh, engage you. I'll be trying to yeah, really yeah. engage people into it. That's, you know, that's the reason for all the graphics and all that. I'm trying to engage you in it and immerse you into the information and lose yourself in it. So subconsciously, you know, you'll start to simulate inside of you. And uh, yeah. I'm just trying to do that. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to shoot you that email. I'm going to let y'all get on to the next caller or get on with your business. I mean, it's it's going to be a Jackson Management uh, at Gmail. So okay. I'm El, All right. El Quan, so I'll get with you later. I appreciate it, bro. Okay. All right. Peace and blessings. Peace. All right, who's next? All right. Let's do this 205-0377. Peace, Melo. What's going on? Peace. Peace to the gods, peace to the gods. Ah, oh, man. First of all, I want to just start now. Give thanks to the creator, the ancestors, the forefathers, the foremothers, all the forerunners, you know, and the brothers on the platform amongst us, you know what I'm saying? Shout out, salute, high honors. I want to extend that to my brother, the vet, the, the working ox, the mule, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the uncle that you never had, you know what I'm saying? The brother who, who come through with remedy and solutions and, you know what I'm saying, who put divine law into proper play and order and correct the ignorance, you know what I'm saying, bringing balance where it's needed, you know what I'm saying, use of L, for real, brother. Appreciate you know, this the brother down <laughs> south, man. Bro, you probably don't even remember right. me, Yusuf, but it was me down south down here in Birmingham, bro, where I was speaking to you back then in the summer and you were telling me about the little... Remedy how to deal with the, the baby mama issue and the custody issue with the children and what to do and what not. And, uh, oh, man, you know, so many I baby mama I, scenarios. <laughs> yeah, I know it, man. I know, I know. Uh, hopefully I, I told know. you. I usually tell people, though, can you work it out with her? I mean, this baby mama, I got a homeboy right now. He got a baby mama issue so damn uh, hard. But it's like 
I'll be saying, like, man, the easy way to baby mama drama is can you work it out with the mama? It's like, but right. every time I see it, there's so much emotion, and if people just don't want it, like, now nah, they're trying to kill each other. But can you work it out? If you can just work it out with each other, it, it'll, it'll, it'll save so much money and so much drama. But anyway, what's going on, True. man? <laughs> True. Yeah, man. You know, I I, uh, I tuned into the last show, you know what I'm saying, when you came and made, you know what I'm saying, the, the, you know what I'm saying, the, the presentation or whatnot. But at the same time, I didn't get in. But I just wanted to, you know, just want to, you know, let you know that thank you, bro. I mean, like when I was speaking to you all them days, coming home, doing the well, and then coming from, you know, about an hour home driving and, and mm-hmm. coming down, sitting on the laptop, you know, uh, she getting mad at me. You know what I mean? Cause I'm spending too many hours in. You know what I'm saying? Download, looking at this. And <laughs> you, you, you put me on. You put me on to the brothers, though. You put me on to So L. Like you, you was, you was that, you was that, that, that super conductor. You train. You know what I mean? You, it was like how you transferred me to So. And me and So like right up in the age frame, and we were at the same wave speed. So it was like, man, I felt. I felt honored because then I met Soul, then I, you know, I mean, got in contact with the other brother, then you know, so forth, and it was just like, ah, oh, man, it was, it was, it's divine, you know, what I'm saying, like, 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 like Tupac say, every move is a calculated step, you know, what I'm saying, right, so, uh, yeah. it, it, you every know, move it, is it the truth, man, yeah, for real. So hey, man, you know, well, that's... I appreciate you too, man. Um, you know, I wouldn't be anything without the listeners, and um, I'm humbled that's by. You know, sometimes when I hear so many people heap so much praise on me, and I don't think I'm deserving of it. You know, I'm a regular dude. Um, I got my own issues, you know, my own, you know, things I deal with, you know, just like anybody else. I'm a regular person. Now, most people know me, find out, like, damn it, you're a regular person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a regular person. What the hell you thought? You know, yeah, I'm a regular person. Uh, but, uh, right. you know, I am dedicated to what I do, and I do care about my people and making sure that people – all people, you know, make sure they get good information. And, um, you know, I love what I do, you know, and that's all it is. You know, right. y'all don't really have to eat the praise on me. I put a lot into it. I, what, but it's good to hear because sometimes you do this stuff and you just wonder, people, these people really understand what I'm saying. Do I sound damn crazy? You know, some, you know, some of the things <laughs> I say, but it's really uh, satisfaction. You get a lot of satisfaction from finding that you really are helping people. I got a guy, Quentin. Quentin, he is like a protege of mine. This boy, he, if, if anybody's going to surpass me, it's going to be him. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. y'all right now. It's going to be okay. him. He's so dedicated. He finds out so much stuff. And um, uh, uh, But I look at him, I'm like, man, did I really impact you like that? Where, But it's good because somebody impacted me like that. Somebody mm-hmm. just made me just kind of like, um, just go in like how y'all are like looking, listening to me. It just mm-hmm. passes on. So there's going to be this next generation of ju- gurus that are coming up, and somebody has to be able to take the torch and pass it on, you know, because this doesn't last forever. So I'm glad I'm able to at least, um, you know, invoke some sort Watch. of, uh, um, you know, fire in, in in some people and everything and make them be the ones that want to go in diligently with this information and take it to mm. the next level. And pass it on to the next generation. True. Hey, True. Part, that's what gives part me of your divine purpose, purpose, bro. Indeed, indeed, yeah. man. You 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 help me get through many nights and many days and many realities, and also you help cope. I know this may sound crazy in a sense, but you did you did like 
helped co-create you and my brother as well, and, and, and you know what I'm saying, along with the other ancestors, but you helped co-create, you know what I'm saying, you helped it more and more for the, you know what I mean, how to get through the reality, bro, and create as a guy, as a, as a creator. I'm just being real, and many brothers don't put that out there like that and put forth that service. That's the, I believe, or not believe, but know to be, that's the greatest service amongst this, this world, this reality here, to be able to help right. others create and become who they are so they can they can evolve and grow and develop their own divine potential and create a true service to uh constitute humanity. I mean that's that's powerful. That shit's powerful. Right. You know what I mean? I mean if you know the power of that, you know what I mean, no money, no fiat, no no gold, no metal, no no other, you know what I'm saying, tangible or uh, uh, something that can can replace that, man. I mean that's 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 real. So you know I think man, man, you know loose, what you know and don't lose that fire, man, that fire hearing your voice and everything that, you know, don't ever lose that. You know, keep that going, and, you know, it's, it'll carry you through life. You know, that's why people say, I love to listen to you, Seville, when he get loud, <laughs> you know, and everything. Right. That's that fire. Right. You know, that's that fire you hear in me, man. It, it, it's just there, and, you know. And when, and when that dies out, you won't hear me on the radio anymore, you know. Happy but birthday, like, Charles. Got... Belated birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah thank you. I'm, man, a Taurus, I'm a Taurus, I am. I'm a Taurus. But, uh, Both I, you of know, it's like, is, uh, that, that, that's what you have to have. You got it in you, man. Let that shine forth. You know, let it, let, let it come through you. You know, I, I once mm. heard um, this, this, uh, this uh, poet, um, what's her name? Um, Nikki Giovanni, I believe it, it was. And she just said something, you know, asking about poetry. She said, she said, "I don't make poetry. Poetry comes through me, and that's the difference in a lot of, in a lot of artists and and anything you do. You know, there are people who like force it out, and there are people who allow it to come through them. True, and that's divine. You know what I'm saying? True. And when you allow your, True. when your passion and everything and everything, that's when you're allowing something to come through you, the truth when it rises through you. And your people, some people out there know what I'm talking about." You know, when you allow, when you flowing with information, it's, it's coming through you. It's coming right. through you, and just make that connection, and you know, carry that forth, man. That message, it'll spread far, because that power that's behind it. But anyway, man, how, how much time we got left? Uh, Start. We got about eleven minutes left before they kick us off. Oh, okay. All right. I was gonna say we can end the show after this call. I'm gonna have to get off. Okay, yeah, let's do that. We can do that. Yeah. All right, brother. But yeah, I want to uh, thank you. Yeah, yes, brother. sir. Indeed. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. You coming back to Appreciate the next show? You, man. I might be on the next show. I, I, I probably need to get back on the air myself, you know, start doing radio. I kind of miss radio, you know. Real quick. Um, real quick. Man. Dude, so, Terry, I know, I, know the, I know the law and different things, you know what I'm saying, that's very important. Dude, yeah, yeah, everybody wants me to do that. Uh, do, do that on Sunday. <laughs> All right, okay, yes, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to do it Sunday. I'm going to do a natural law hour on Sunday. I got to think about what to Man. talk about, though. Sometimes I kind of be afraid to go too deep because people start that. You know, if you already saying he's a Masonic Rosicrucian, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you know, satanic 
Worshipa. And y'all like, you know, I got, damn. I, those, are just, those are people, those people that just ready, they're not ready for the truth. That's all that is. Yeah, truth, I know truth, it, man. Right, I know. I'm a, I'll think of something to talk about. I'm a, I'll think of something. I, I have, it'll be something good, but I'm, I'll do something Sunday. I'll do something Sunday. Yeah, right. man. Honest, honest. Indeed, indeed. Salute, salute. So, salute, salute to you, bro. You know, and the rest of the family, you know what I'm saying? High frequency, the foundation. It's another brick in the foundation, so so uh you know, salute, bro. Divine movement. We All right, right, man. Good. Peace, hey, brother. Right, peace, peace, man. Peace, peace. All right, side man. I want to appreciate. I appreciate you bringing me on your show, dog. Hey, I appreciate you coming back again, man. Um, you know, I've had people you emailing. Where's Yusuf? What's Yusuf doing? I'm trying to tell him he ain't really feeling blog talk. He's on YouTube. He's still around. I found him. Y'all see, he's still around. He's good. He's talking. He's healthy. I can stop emailing me. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I, mean, I, I realized, you know, that we hadn't really done this before, and I felt shame. So right. Correcting the wrong. You know what I'm saying? And um, I really appreciate. I'm honored, fam. Like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I can't tell you how much you changed my life. I can't tell you um, how much you changed others' lives. You know, and um, I'm definitely one of the people. Um, every time I talk to him, I try to remind you that, man. Like, as far as I'm concerned, man, you were a beast. You're, you're definitely something to pattern after. Um, and, and honestly, we need more brothers like you. So other brothers who are from the streets and recognize that we from the streets, recognize that we can make a transition. I think that's very important, and I really honor and respect yeah. you for doing that. I want to do business with my people, and I see the charity in your heart. I know you're a good brother, and I'm honored to be on high frequency. I, if I ever stop doing um, programs, I'm, that means I'm off of high frequency. I will never leave high frequency. This is the label. This is the click. And, you know, I know I've told you that in the private, but I do want to say that in the public, man. So honors, respect, praises, big brother, uncle I never had, man. I love you very much. Very <laughs> important to me. And to the audience, man, and I respect you and appreciate you coming on the show, fam. Thank you, man. I appreciate you too, man. I appreciate you, and I appreciate all my listeners. Thank you for your support of, of High Frequency Radio. We've been on the air now, I think, about six years. About six years now. I can't believe it. You know, it's been rolling that long. And, um, you know, uh, listeners are still there. Uh, people still joining the email. I got to send out some good emails and stuff, too. And uh, I just overall, the support has been good. I don't have anything. I, I can't say anything. If anything, I need to start tightening up a little bit on my end. But I appreciate all of y'all. I want y'all to know that everybody listening out there, I appreciate you. And I'm humbled that y'all will listen to, like, a brother from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> you, know, you know, just coming out in the world and everything, just saying his piece and everything. And I'm glad I, I'm saying something that people find some value in it. And I'm humbled. And I want to thank you, brother. Brother, you you off a lot, too. You know, you contribute your contribution. You didn't write. You didn't do no wrong. Not bringing me on your show. It's your show. You know, and I, that's why I've always been like that. I don't mess with people. Everybody knows me. You're like, look, man, you got freedom. Do you. Do you. you know, I don't, need, I don't need anything from you. It's like, I see that you know what you're talking about. Get it out there to the people. That's all I want to say. And protect the brand. That's it. That's all I ask. But that's it, man. I appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you. Okay? Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank I'm you. out, y'all. I will see y'all All on right. Sunday on Natural Law Hour.
All right, I appreciate y'all, everyone, for checking out the show. Thanks, Yusuf, for coming on. Um, you can check out WelcomeToTheFoundation.com. You can also check out um, SBC University, PrivateSideSolutions.com. Um, email us, admin at WelcomeToTheFoundation.com, or you can email, um, you know, Yusuf. Uh, he put out his email earlier and stuff like that. Uh, make sure you sign up for the email list. Saving real money. Protect yourself. But at the same time, I want y'all to enjoy yourself. I want y'all to, you know, say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep tonight and get in the habit of being, you know, um, appreciative of what you, what you have so you can appreciate what you get. Also, I want everybody to think about, you know, we are worth it. You are worth it. And you're worth it being invested in. You're worth, um, your mind is worth you investing your time. And you're worth it of myself as well as Yusuf investing our time in you and that's what we do with these shows and these broadcasts and the websites and the webinars and all that stuff you're worth it and I'm talking to you so I know it takes time to transition and stuff but keep telling yourself you're worth it we're going to keep doing these shows make it together I want to thank all the audience there's a lot of people that called in thank you very much have a great 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 and wonderful evening enjoy the rest of your week Kiss someone that you love and, um, you know, enjoy yourself. I want to say thank you for checking out the show. Peace to the gods. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio.